2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you?
3: Doing good, Shad.
0: Doing good.
2: We are glad to hear that. Thank you, everybody out there, for joining us in this episode. Uh, we're going to thank you for um, listening in with us, and we're going to take care of our shout-outs right here at the beginning. So the first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That is the number four capital C in Corners, capital PM podcast with no spaces to save 10% off your order. And our other shout out goes over to
3: Matt. Yeah, that'd be to Orlando Cologne. You know, guys, Orlando Cologne, you know where he's, you're not going to see him on Raw jobbing to Jeff Hardy in two minutes. <laughs> That's what you're not going to see. You may see the NXT champion do that. Uh It's not Orlando Cologne.
0: Technically, it wasn't two minutes. It was like a minute and a half.
3: Oh, even better. Jeez. People are arguing about that all day long. It's like, well, Jeff Hardy is a former champion. He's a legend. Yeah, and he was wrestling, like, on main event a week ago. Like, they're not doing anything with Jeff Hardy right now.
0: But you don't, you don't, um, you don't, like, bring hulk hogan into 1984 and job him to bob Backlund in his first match
2: yeah that's 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 really it's almost as bad as when the ascension debuted on the main roster
0: see i don't think the the ascension was ever going to work on the main roster they didn't try but i don't think they were ever going to work
2: I, I think they could have found a way to make them work, but they cut their knees off from the first you know, from the first time they appeared on TV. Like, oh look, they're to be road
0: warriors! And it's like,
2: dude, what, what the hell? The problem is, is,
0: you could have if this was six months down the road and you jobbed him to Jeff Hardy as part of a program, that's fine. But this yeah. is like a lot of people's first impression of him. Mm-hmm. And you can't like, do you know how hard it is to get over a bad first impression?
2: It is just massively difficult to clear a bad thir- first impression out of people's minds because now he's no longer like making his mark; he's rehabbing his image.
0: It's mm-hmm. like how um, it's like how people still rag on Impact. And Impact has legitimately been like well booked for four years now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, people still make the what's slightly similar to WWE name doing in the Impact Zone from 2020. What 15 years ago?
0: I mean, they they still that early on. They still do that because I've been watching it, and I know Matt's been watching it more. And it's kind of that promotion you go to now to rehab your image to show that you deserve to be in a bigger promotion. So. That does happen. Um, I think what Steve is it Steve Macklin is his name now.
3: Uh yes.
0: Is it it's Ooh. it's Steve Cutler, but he's there. Trying he was to one of the out. Forgotten
3: Sons. Yeah, yeah, and based upon um, I guess because uh, they T N H had or Impact. What what are they? Impact Impact?
0: Impact wrestling now because they're in my anthem. Yeah, the T N A name just, is dead.
3: Yeah, they just had uh, they just had a pay per view, and. There was a promo for the Drama King, so uh, that looks to be Aiden English coming in. Like, I don't think they've well, shown okay. any. I don't think they've shown anything to like. They haven't shown like a promo where it's like the, the, he's in silhouette or anything like that. But the guy's Twitter handle is like Drama King or something. So I, I mean, it's pretty much he's going to be he's going to be coming in. I
0: would, I would pay. I'd... I would pay good money for a Johnny <laughs> Swinger versus Aiden English feud. <laughs>
3: 'Cause Johnny uh, as, Swinger as said, is excellent in impact. Johnny Swinger is like incredibly entertaining in the way they use him. Like he he's just largely in backstage segments. He's just like a goofball. He makes like really bad jokes. It's he's hilarious. He's for a dude who's like forty six years old, who you might remember from like late W C W. Remember Johnny Swinger very yeah. well.
0: You know who he's
3: else? way more I mean, way more entertaining than he has any any reason to be.
0: <laughs> you know who else I find highly entertaining at Impact is Fala Bah.
3: Oh yeah, did you see? Uh, now I'm going to the weeds of like Impact. This is a uh, this is like in the last month or two. Did you see uh, where TJ Perkins is back backstage in Swinger's Palace? And you know like Johnny Swinger, the, he's his gimmick is like he's running like a basically like a backstage casino. And the thing about it is like there's it's so everything is so low rent. It looks like they filmed all the scenes in like the corner of like a ho- of a, you know, like you have like a hotel meeting room. Yeah. I don't mean like a small meeting room. I mean, like you're gonna have like a banquet, like a banquet hall. It looks like yeah. they, they shoot it in like the corner of it. <laughs> and literally in like a corner and they just have like tables that are set up. that's supposed to be like, you know, car tables and stuff.
0: It looks but like it looks like they wanted to recreate the APA offices <laughs> and didn't have the budget.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like super low budget. But he has girls who are dressed up in like uh, like a black dress, uh, like a sleeveless black dress with like a like a red belt or something like that. And T.J. Perkins is there. I think it, I think the, the storyline is that he like won months, won some money from from the casino or whatever. And he's like looking at the girls and all of a sudden he's like he's basically like, what the F? And he, he Falaba is like hiding in the back. But he's dressed up <laughs> as one of the girls. <laughs> girls too. And TJ's <laughs> like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, Fallavage is like, "Oh man, like I, I lost money. <laughs> like I got to work here <laughs> to pay it <laughs> off."
0: Now, we had to look up my wife and I were <laughs> watching one back in December when they did that Fallov vs Hernandez and um Tasha Steels and Kira Hogan mm-hmm. were like refing it. And I think mm-hmm. he called one, told one of them to stop being, like, Ratchet or something. So he had to look it up, and it's some, like, super slang thing for telling them to stop being Ghetto or something. Yeah. And he's just <clears> hilarious, <throat> though. Like, he's actually decent in the ring, but, like, that guy just oozes charisma.
3: Yeah, he's actually really entertaining, too. They're, just another bit about uh, Swinger's Palace. I do like that they kind of also subvert some stuff because they have alicia edwards who's eddie edwards wife and she's not really very good but i mean they had part of like the backstage skits is that she like lost money to johnny swinger and like she's like i can't really pay it off and he's like he like gives her like this leering look and it's like oh yeah like i can figure a way for you to pay it back and you're thinking like oh my god johnny Swinger's being like gross and inappropriate in this in today's climate like you can't do a joke like that but then like you cut to like like a scene later in the next episode and it's just he just has her working there It's one of the girls. It's she's like it's just a serving girl. It's like, let me give you a drink while you're <laughs> gambling. And it's like, oh okay. Like he he put her to work, but it's not like gross. It's just, you know, he's making her pay off the debt. But not in they kind of subvert it where it's not this disgusting sexist thing. He's literally putting to work. Like if this was a restaurant, he'd be have her in the back like washing dishes. <laughs> Until she pays it, off it her debt.
2: Me up because what I'm getting <laughs> out of this is that if you're at Swinger's Palace and you're you you're out money at the end of the night, he makes you be a
3: Dabo girl. That's the image that pops. In yeah, you're gonna. He's gonna get some labor <laughs> out of you. He's gonna get some, <laughs> some free labor.
0: That's the thing. What I like about Impact though is, like, they do a lot of dumb stuff, <clears> but they're not like WWE where it's just dumb. They like go just whole hog into it and make it like as absurdly stupid as possible.
3: They lean in. Yes, they lean into it. And I won't even say like it's, it's, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it's really the, really the way it is is that like they, they play it so straight. It becomes tongue in cheek. Yeah. It's like, we, it's kind of like a wink and a nod. It's like, yeah, we know this is garbage, but we're going to com- be completely like serious about it. And it works. Cause it's like, Oh, like, okay. Cause then you, you're kind of like in on the joke. Yeah. And you steer into the absurdity, then it yeah. becomes fun
2: to enjoy it as opposed to cringeworthy instead of it being like it's like this is this is bonkers, this is absurd, <clears throat> and I love it as opposed to it's like, oh this is we're 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 doing something funny it'll be good shit
3: and you're just like oh god who's who's booking this
0: Um, uh, Scott De and um oh. What's it, Don Callis?
3: Is it? Oh, okay. I because Don Callis was was doing it, and I wasn't sure if he still was. It's but, a
0: lot of Scott Demore because the only other time when TNA <laughs> made money and was good, it was Scott Demore booking.
3: I will say this. I mean, again, they, they it it has had historically like a bad reputation because it was really bad at one point, but for a while now, like I mean, like a few years they actually have been like consistently like well booked i would say the most they can get out of these people like they they really do do the most they can with them like I
0: w- uh i will tell you ahead. who is outstanding right now as the mm-hmm. x division champion is josh alexander
3: oh yeah he's he's actually done a gig or two recently for like new japan usa and there are people who are at least fans, like I should say, like who are pushing for him to actually be like in the G1, which I don't. I think they've already like announced at least some of the G1, yeah. so I don't think that's happening. I but it's he's... like that's a guy who actually he could actually go and do New Japan work. Like he's he's very talented.
0: I think he's going to be AEW bound at some point.
3: Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Like Ethan Page is already there, and the guy is like super talented.
0: Yeah, and Page me... I think's been outstanding in in AEW.
3: Yeah, he just is in a feud with Darby, which he lost, but, I mean, you're in a high-profile feud with one of the the top babyfaces there. And And, and him and Scorpio Sky
0: really work as, like, a couple of douchebags. Yeah. I'm also glad to see um, Wheeler Utah getting getting a spot in AEW.
3: I don't know if they're going to give him any sort of deal, but he... When I first heard he was, like, going to be announced for doing some matches with AEW, I just thought, oh, he's going to be, like, another guy that is going to pop up on Dark. And I think he did, but they also put him in, like, a high, an actual, like, dynamite match against... Yeah. Who was he? Guevara? Yeah, it was Guevara. He, Guevara? Yeah, and that's that was big. And actually, like, it, I, well, you could you could argue it was Britt Baker, really the one who put the eyeballs, but that particular segment where it's Britt Baker and... Uh, with her Utah Sammy Guevara match was like the highest rated segment of last week's
0: well, I think, uh,
3: Dynamite, I think, which which actually drew big ratings.
0: I think Meltzer and Alvarez <laughs> were talking about how Britt Baker is suddenly like the thing in wrestling, like when it comes to like getting eyeballs.
3: She uh, she's improved a ton. Like her ring work is really good. Her character work is absolutely fantastic. She's a good promo. Um she is attractive. I mean, it, there's like it's there's a lot to go there. So it's like I can see why she if you have like a, a really entertaining act. It's it makes sense that she'd be she'd be getting over. But it is kind of interesting that she's like she's kind of almost becoming a breakout star for them.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Meltzer said that the by the <clears throat> ratings demographic, the ratings breakdowns, the two biggest draws mm-hmm. for AEW are Britt Baker and Darby Allin.
3: I'm not surprised by that. Dar-
0: Darby Allen just feels like he's got like it's it's the first time in a long time I felt like something's actually had some juice to it in wrestling. Yeah, it feels kind of like when New Japan was getting hot a couple years ago here, with like mm-hmm. the Kenny Omega stuff. He's starting to get that like feel mm-hmm. to him.
3: Yeah, yeah. There um there are people who. The criticism, I guess, of the AEW, which I think is a fair criticism, is that AEW is kind of predictable, but I think Meltzer has even said this. Like, they're predictable, but not predictable in a bad way. Like, WWE, I feel, can be predictable in a sense that it's like, well, I know what you're not going to do. You're not going to, like, push this guy, because <laughs> that's what we want.
0: Well, um, WWE is predictable, and okay, <laughs> what's the dumbest thing they could possibly do here? And- yeah, yeah. And, but I think I think the problem is like where WWE really has burned people is sometimes and WCW burned people a lot with this, too. Actually, sometimes mm-hmm. people want to pay money and get the result that you're promising them. Like, I think, yes, I think the only time WWE got that right was Bailey beating Sasha Banks for the NXT women's title. Mm-hmm. Like they they made it obvious Bailey was going to win and then they gave it to everyone. And mm-hmm. it got really over because, hey, guess what? Sometimes people want that feel-good ending that you're promising them.
2: Yeah. They they had to be dragged kicking and screaming to do that with uh, Becky Lynch. In oh, the, I, oh, absolutely. They, they screwed
0: that up, though. They never got – I'm sorry, but they never got Becky Lynch right as far as, like, she got over. But, like, the the actual booking, they never got quite right with her.
2: No, no, they didn't. They screwed it up. Don't get me wrong, but eventually they caved and gave... It was like eventually they caved and gave us the big Daniel Bryan win we wanted.
0: Yeah, but they they, like, they where I thought they screwed her up, though, is they gave her the title. But then they practically had her like in an iron lug the whole time. They kept doing these injury <laughs> yes. angles with her. And it's like, you didn't do this with Stone Cold Steve Austin. People don't want to see him get his ass kicked every week because he's hurt. They want to see him win. And that's the problem they did. And then when they finally... Started to get away with that. They put her with someone like Lacey Evans who was too new and then they like gave her her that albatross Seth Rollins that just tanked her oh, before gosh. before they and, briefly got it right with like the Sasha Banks feud. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't remember what happened after that.
2: Yeah. I don't either, but I was gonna like we finally got that we had to go kicking and screaming to get the the Daniel Bryan win at Mania thirty, which was I think the the biggest reaction the companies had in uh, God, I'd have to go back and look, but they
0: screwed that some, up too, though.
2: Well, getting there, yeah, and and then well, no, after the, the they, aftermath it all,
0: though with yeah. Kane, no, like, they
2: they screwed that up too because they finally got there and then they didn't know what to do because it's not what they wanted to do in the first place, so they hadn't thought about it.
0: Well, they put him with Kane, and like Kane was like just a just a cooler at that point because people are just tired of him.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it's just – anyway, um, it's well, – the, Darby, the, you're, you're right. You're going to write this up. You're going to say, let's have the babyface win. Guess what people are going to do when they show up? They're paying money because they want to see the babyface win.
3: Yeah, and the to go back to what I was – the point I was making is that people say that AEW is um, predictable, but they are predictable in in like a logical fashion where it's like – for They almost like they show their hand of cards and it's not bad because it's like the way they book it. They make sure that you largely you pretty much you want that. Like right now, I think I guess there's always a room for they could change things. But it does seem that the person who's probably going to dethrone Omega for the, t- for the title is Paige. And it should be because they've kind of been built. They've built Paige as like upper mid-card guy at least for like two years. So mm-hmm. that would make sense. And their but history
0: I, within the promotion is like a year and like is really old now. Like they've they've slowly built their relationship over time.
3: Yeah, yeah. And if you actually are, are super like nerd about things and you actually someone a dude did like a thread on Twitter that I think I retweeted on our our Twitter page that he kind of went through out the whole like Adam Page Elite saga from like the very beginning or early on all the way to like current day where you know Page uh want the friendship of the Dark Order and all that stuff and him looking like he's gonna be taking on the elite. Uh, and it, it was fascinating. It's like if this guy actually paid attention and it is all there. And it's actually like really detailed storyline. I mean this is a storyline that, that has largely played out at least for a year, maybe longer. And it's kind of fascinating when we think about it. Like they're really like doing deep cuts. So it's like I'm I'm okay with them putting the title on page. Like that's fine. But I would say all that aside, like, quote-unquote predictable booking aside, I feel like down the road, they have to put the title on Darby. I think the dude is just getting too, like, white-hot, and he's too over, and yeah. he's got he's I got too much so talent. So. And, look, I hope the kid has, like, a long, long, successful, healthy career, but he mm. takes stunts and takes chances that it makes me concerned. And I think he's even said, like, he's not necessarily looking for, like, a super long career, which I mean, yeah, he, he wrestles like it, but
2: yeah. Well, I was going to say the, um, they, they should with Darby. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. no way that they, they could get away with not. And frankly, I don't think they're, they're tone deaf enough not to. Did you Mm -hmm. see the, um, segment they had on dynamite where Kenny and the Bucks got in Adam pages in hangman pages face. And they were like, Oh, you're afraid you're going to fail again. Page. Is that what, You're afraid you're going to fail, that you're going to be a failure. Did you see that it was like six minutes? I watched that one thing because I don't don't have a setup for being able to watch Dynamite right now. So, you know, I'm picking up things where I was. I watch that segment and I'm immediately like, I have to see this, this 5v5 Elite versus Dark Order match. Like... I am sold. Six minutes, they have sold me on this.
3: That segment was, I believe, like the second highest rated segment. That like, segment was it's, amazing. It was really, really good, and they they have like a really hot angle with that. See,
2: and here's it. the thing about predictable.
3: I'm sorry, Brad. Go ahead and finish your thought, and then I'll do my thing.
0: I was going to say the other thing, though, is where they've been smart, though, is Adam Page is only challenged for the title once. Yeah, mm-hmm. Where in like other companies, he would be like, and, and Ring of Honor would be super guilty of this. He would be like five failed title defenses in at this point. <laughs> and people would have yeah. given up on him.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing that I love uh, is, yeah, it's predictable. Jungle Boy won a shot at Kenny Omega. It was not. It was completely predictable that Jungle Boy was not going to beat Kenny Omega. But they built it enough that you're watching it and you know, if, you, if you're if paying attention, you know pretty well he's not going to do it, but you want him to. And you're enjoying watching him get so close. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I am... AEW, even if I can't watch it consistently, has done such a good job getting me on board with people on their roster. I can't even watch it consistently, but I... I am fully on, I'm, I'm there for Jungle Jack Perry. I am there for Darby Allen. I am there for Hangman. Like, I was kind of, I was kind of lukewarm on Hangman Page back when AEW started, but now I am there I think a lot of people were. Like, give me this, give me this redemption arc. Give me the win. Have Page have himself a, uh, you know, win the title, have a, you know, have a feel-good reign, have someone screw him and take it off of him, take him out for a little while, and then Darby's like, oh, you think you got something? Let's see what you got. And and just AE, AEW's been criticized for not moving fast enough, first of all, from WWE stands, that's rich.
0: Well, but I and think hmm. I think it's they obvious though. It's obvious though that about four month with about four or five months left when they knew about when they were gonna start getting fans again they started taking the pedal off the gas and saving stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of went into maintenance mode because they came, I mean, when they started getting fans back, you saw them like pull the throttle and like they've been.
2: Yeah. And they are, they build, they don't build super fast. Like they build to things slowly, but you're excited for the build. Like Rusev went from the goofy gamer persona to the switch flips, and all of a sudden, here he, you know, he's turned into this this kind of monster that he is now.
3: He let's. I mean, it took it took time to get to there mm-hmm. because the. I mean, I don't know if the the whole gamer gimmick they were really trying to do something with it, or if that was. I think like that Brad's, was a placeholder. Like Brad said, just they're they're kind of just saving him, but yeah, he. The the version that we have seen for the last like two three months mm-hmm. is. Might be my favorite version of 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 Miro, and I mean, from his like beginnings of like right. WWE, like he, this is an absolute like fantastic. Mm-hmm. You he is it. just booked as an absolute monster, yeah. and uh, our friend friend of the show Justin, <laughs> he he uh, every week he's like because I don't I don't watch Dynamite live, just I usually watch just on on delay, but. He's he will give me like a running a rundown of Miro's promos. Yeah, and his promos are like fantastic because what I think he's calling himself like like God's greatest champion or something like that, and he's just yeah. giving these insane like almost like quasi religious themed promos. Not really, he's not being like he's not proselytized or anything, but he's like like God, thank you for making me so strong and my wife so flexible, and it's like oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> a...
2: <laughs> like. He's, he's doing he is he's he's not quite a zealot but the narcissism in the narcissism scary character really- is so yes. strong that he believes that it has to be divine intervention for him to be what he is yes and golly you just you know that's that it, it's it's like wanting to slap Jerry Falwell except in this case she'd be scared to do it.
0: Well, yeah. I think and, I think that's my biggest mm-hmm. complaint about AEW though is they have they almost have too much good stuff because like I I like Lance Archer. I love his character and like his presentation there right now, but there's only so much space he can use because there's just too much stuff. Like you can't like I was super excited for him versus Miro and I thought it was a good match. Mm-hmm. But like you can't put a belt on Lance Archer and that really makes me sad because I love his like Murderhawk gimmick.
3: Yeah. Oh, they look, I don't I look AEW's been trying to to protect their titles and actually make them mean something and I I overall I, I think that's that is the way to go and I like that. So I don't really want them hot shotting titles and I especially don't think you should you should do that with any of the the singles titles. But and right now with the Bucks having the titles like they're running the whole like where the the elite is kind of like the main the main heels right now. But yeah, if so, unfortunately, it's like you really if you're going to have the titles taken off the Bucks, you need you need it to mean something. You need like a special I would a special team. I
0: I thought I thought not putting the belts on Kingston and Moxley was a bit of a.
3: Oh, I absolutely agree. I think they should have and then even if it's just literally like a rain that lasts a month or so or even just a couple of weeks. Again, you don't want to try and hotshot it, but I think that that would have been really fun. And I it, it that kind of fits in with my whole theme. We kind of talked about it before, but like do does your promotion need an ace? And I actually think I think more often than not having an ace is a is a help and I think to the extent that AEW has one or should have one. It's it should be Moxley. So that's yeah. kind of a common trope with you have aces is that the ace can sometimes be slotted into like a a tag, a tag feud, and then potentially win the the tag titles. I mean, you saw that with Sting. You saw that with like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mick Foley, The Rock. Like that's that's a common trope. Yeah. I kind of
0: um, think I kind of think it's been Omega this year though because, man, Omega's just been. Like I want to tune in to see his stuff because like he's just been dragging like amazing work out of everyone.
3: Yes, and doing it apparently like hurt. But he's like
0: like that match he had with Rich Swan where it's clear like Rich Swan had nothing to give and Omega just like willed him through another ten minutes. Just blew me away.
3: I haven't seen it because I didn't, I didn't order the pay per view, but I've heard. Well, not to the level of like the Rich Swan match or the match he had with Moose, but I've heard good things about the match he just had with Sammy Callahan. And it's like I don't I don't rank Sammy Callahan as like, you know, tops on my list of like guy, best workers out there right now. Like he fills a niche. I think that's fine. I
0: think Sammy's good at what he does. It's just what he does might not be your cup of tea.
3: Right. So you but he's, he and and good Sammy also
0: where I thought that feud worked though, is Sammy, Sammy has successfully like kept this element of danger to himself. He's kind of like um, he's kind of like Sandman or Sabu back in the day, or they still mm-hmm. had some of that kayfabe aura and like Sammy has that about him. Mm-hmm. But Impact does a really good job with him. Like when he shows up, they make it like a whole big deal because he has that like graphic that hits like the screen and stuff like it's always a huge deal when he shows up
2: yeah just for i'm, I'm gonna throw this out there as an opposing <clears throat> um viewpoint it's i'm not really an omega guy like from the stuff of his i have watched uh someone's gonna hate me for this but the guy's got hype He's building great programs, that's great. But the stuff of his I've watched, I've not really enjoyed because to me, it's felt kind of like Finn Balor's main roster stuff. Is I'm seeing the same him doing the same thing a lot, repeatedly, like one afternoon. It's like, how many times do I need to see you hit like three V triggers in a row? And then going into something, it's like but that's
3: okay. It's working.
2: It may not be
3: I don't know how I would respond to that, other than maybe it's like a, a very like New Japan main event type style. Because I mean, that's watch like the the main events for like Wrestle Kingdom Dome shows. It there it does get a little bit where you're you're spamming your big moves. Yeah. towards I don't
2: end. like with Finn Balor. <laughs> it drives me crazy because I want to like Finn Balor more than I do. Mm-hmm. But Finn Balor's matches in my head are listed as follows: shotgun drop kick, sling blade, repeat, 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 coup de gras.
0: But that's, and that's everyone in main roster WWE matches though, because if you get Finn <sighs> like away from the main roster, he immediately has a wider variety of moves.
2: I don't know. It it seemed like other people. I mean, hell. Before he took his – John Cena was mixing stuff up a lot, and so that – it bothers me. Now, it doesn't – if it doesn't bother other people, that's fine, and I don't – so it's not a style that that resonates well with me.
0: Okay. The the problem, though, though, is um, with that last (gasps) Cena run, though, where he was mixing his offense up, though, that was part of, like, his gimmick of he was trying to show the young pups he could still keep up with them. Mm-hmm. And that's why Cena started doing more offense Because he was He was like open challenging all those like Indie darlings And he was trying to show them That he could play their game with them still Okay,
2: here, I'll use an example Of someone I'm a mark for Bray Wyatt matches Pre-Fiend, we'll say that Because the Fiend stuff's a whole different Whole different thing He had a A, a defined move set these are things that he did, right? And you could count on seeing those spots, but there was more to it than two or three things. And all of Finn's stuff seemed very much to just be two moves and a finish. And that drives me bonkers. Now, here's the thing. Like I said, I don't begrudge Omega. He's successful. AEW doing great. I am happy for that. I, but I, just for balance sake, I can say I'm not, a, not Omega guy, but I'm still thrilled that AEW is doing as well as it is.
0: I think where Omega excels, and I think you would have to see more of his work to really get it is probably where, where he, he has his match, but he incorporates the strengths of his opponent into his match. So his matches has variance as he like works around, like it's still his match, but it's based around what makes the other guy look good.
3: Yeah. And his matches, if you actually... Now, this is getting, like, really, really nerdy. And get—and I don't even do this a lot because I just kind of try to enjoy the match for what it is. But his matches sometimes do get really, like, layered. Because, like, take the, the recent um, Jungle Boy match. Like, there was a, there was a part early on where kind of like it's a dick thing. He kind of is like playing with Jungle Boy's hair and he's doing it just kind of like a jerk type of thing. Like, ah, uh, look, uh, how cute. What could be challenging for me, uh, for my title? And then later on in the match when he was really just struggling to put Jungle Boy away, he actually like he grabs the hair and uses it uh, against Jungle Boy. So that's something that it's like, it's it was a just a, a small little moment in, earlier on in the match. And then by the end, he actually goes back to it and actually uses uses it as a to his advantage as a heel move, and it's that's something that's like really clever. Uh, I don't think a lot of people incorporate things like that.
2: It's attention uh, look, to detail. I'm not saying, I'm not saying
3: yes. he's bad. I'm saying
2: his style doesn't resonate for me. And so, you know, but even with all of that being said, I don't care. We're getting good stuff. I'm excited for this company to be doing what it is. I'm excited for what they're doing. I'm excited for Hangman Page to step up and challenge him. Like, come on, we're having all this build. And AEW delivers when they're going to have a build. Like, you're going to get the payoff match. So I'm fair certain that I'd almost, if I put money on stuff, I'd put money on Dark Order going over the Elite for the Dark Order tag title match and for Hangman Page versus Omega. And I'm okay with that. Like I am down with it, so I'm j- I'm thrilled. Like even even if it's not, and I'm 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 saying all of this, first of all to, to prove as a counterpoint, um, and then second, I'm tickled right that we get to have all this. I think it's great. We had a really long segue before we yeah. got
0: to our main topic. So, there is one more thing I want to bring up. <laughs> um, Listening
2: to our
3: AEW talk, we'll get yeah. Next
0: yeah. Week for- there's one more thing I want to bring up before we hit our actual topic, but um, if, if you follow our feed, you probably saw a, new, a different show on the feed that I don't know if it's going to stay on the feed or not, but that is my it's called Tales from the Long Box. That is my wife and I. We are chronologically reading Thor from Journey into Mystery 83 onward, and there might be some digressions into some other Marvel comics along the way.
3: I think we should keep it on the feed. Okay, that's my that's my vote. Um, <laughs> if I four corners network, yeah. If I if I can like sign up again for like the Marvel Unlimited app, then maybe I'll do an episode in the future. If you if you're cool with that, no, I'm
0: cool for some
3: that. for something like I don't know, Thor maybe a different comic because there's since you, we always like talk offline about stuff you've you've been actually reading some like 1970s stuff which it's like that's actually the era of 1960s 1970s era of, of marvel which i'm kind of fascinated with with reading or even collecting um i i think i've shipped before in the show like i'm actually excited for the the shang chi movie coming out and i actually have a lot of those episodes which i kind of want to like complete my collection of shang chi
0: i um i just finished tomb of dracula
3: Yeah, that's something that I'd want to read. I'd I'd be interested in that.
0: I don't know what I'm reading next. I just did a bunch of Doctor Strange from the '60s, and then I did that. I might get. I kind of do Marvel two and one as like a as an offshoot. Um, The first issue of that's hilarious though, because um, that it's essentially a thing in man a man thing Mm -hmm. crossover, and it's essentially Ben buys a bus ticket. To Florida to beat Man Thing up because he thinks he's ripping off his gimmick,
3: hmm. and then they. That's fine.
0: Who is it? Oh, and then they 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 end up fighting the Molecule Man's son because he turns he turns them back to like their regular selves. But yeah, so that but I think the second one's Namor. But I love the thing. He just. He, the thing works best when he's kind of like your degenerate uncle that drinks too much and smokes and goes to the the dog track and has like a you know five foot high stack of pornography in his room. That's what when Ben Grimm is at his best.
2: Ben yeah. Grimm is my favorite Marvel character. And nobody else comes close because the dude is so likable like that that's my guy okay so all, all of our i, I actually ahead,
3: Matt. <laughs> uh, one last thing that actually uh, Brad's comment about uh just the new thing and keeping it on the feed that actually reminds me for those of us, for those out there who listen to the show but don't i guess if you listen to us on iTunes and you you're not a subscriber please actually subscribe to us i only say that because I usually – I actually use an, an old iPhone as my my iPod, and I guess it updated itself. And the new user interface for, for the iTunes, like iPod, or like podcast app, I think it's just I – I don't like it. I do not like the user interface. And it's difficult to actually see shows if you, you're not subscribing to them. Like it'll show the episodes that you've downloaded, but um, – it's not really user-friendly or really easy to just look at all the episodes of a podcast. Unless you subscribe to it, then it'll show you everything pretty clearly. Yeah, so if you if you don't subscribe to us on iTunes, and that's the platform you use versus like Stitcher or another platform, then Spotify I would... Or Spotify, too. Yeah, if, if you don't listen to us that way, please... If you do listen to us on iTunes, just please subscribe, so... everything populates easily
0: leave us leave us review like reviews please because if we get if we if we can rack up a couple of five-star reviews that really helps for some reason Mm -hmm. into with their algorithm and all that but um yeah yeah and the the tales from the long box i'm probably going to keep that as a sunday show so um, okay but we we just kind of record them when we read them and and all that, so we, we did 83 this week, next week. It'll be two weeks, and Loki will show up for 85. That's the next one, because we have one in the can for next week already. Which is just, um, that's a Red Scare one, because that's just um, Thor versus some some like dictator, like communist dictator in a South American country. Okay. Early Thor is weird, though. It's really weird. Sure. Yeah. and and the coming week's episode we're going to talk about how awkward I, how awkward it is. Okay. So oh. the, our topic is um we kind of got side we kind of got waylaid last week because of Paul Orndorff's death, but we're going to finish off our top 10 list of our favorite cartoon characters.
2: Mhm. So I have to admit that in doing all of this, um, I actually have to change something. The uh, we made our list, and then last episode we talked about this. At the end, we got to talking about uh, the tick, and for some reason, I had completely, completely blanked on the tick, which means the tick is actually going to take Taz off the list and the tick is going in my sixth slot. So Leonardo is moving from six to seven, and the tick is going there. I I know I said six to ten wasn't ranked, except for the tick in slot number six. He absolutely goes there, because I am a big fan of the jerk who calls himself the tick.
0: I had trouble. I I had um, my two choices. I'll go along with what you said, since you have the tick, and I'll just get mine started. But I was... I was fighting between Deflator Mouse and Arthur. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I mentioned it last time we talked about it, but there's an episode where the tick like gets a tick signal. Yes. And the mayor or the, poli- the ch- chief of police is like, oh man, we have all these things. And like this Deflator Mouse one, like if we use this one, he just disconnects his phone and leaves town for two weeks. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat>
2: it's. Deflator Mouse is a great character. They didn't. Deflator Mouse on um, the live action show did not carry over the same way.
0: Well, it wasn't Deflator Mouse, wasn't? it not he like? No, a prop- it was
2: Batman. Well,
0: yeah, because Deflator Mouse, sadly, Deflator Mouse is a property that belongs solely to the cartoon, so he is not in the comics or anything else.
2: Yeah. Um, but Deflator Mouse is great because he is, he's the, the. The big talk and lots of swagger coward, and it is hysterical. And uh, I love it.
0: Arthur Arthur cracks me up just because Arthur is so ill um, ill fitted to be a superhero.
2: Yeah, he he was an accountant, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, because he got fired because he was wearing the the rabbits the moth suit to. Uh, yeah. I'm wearing a uh,
2: rabbit costume. I'm a ma.
0: Yeah. And I like when they were coming up with um, battle cries and his was not in the face, not in the face. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, it had to accompany Spoon. <laughs> God.
0: There's some other characters I love in it, though, like Dinosaur Neil was a great. That episode is one of my favorites. Um, the human cannonball, which is like, fire me, boy.
2: Fire me, boy. He can't do it. He's at a friend's house and his follow up line to that is so perfect because it's not. Well, will you fire me? He goes, then who will fire me, boy? Like he can't not say the whole
0: line. And (laughs) I don't remember his name, but there is like a Punisher knockoff that just goes around like shooting up walls and like making smiley faces on it. He's only in a couple episodes, though.
2: Yeah, I, I I know who you're talking about, but I can't place it.
0: Did they put the Chainsaw Vigilante in this ever, or is he comic book only?
2: I don't remember seeing him.
0: Okay, so he's comic book only. I know the Man Eating Cow was <laughs> was part of the Terrors group. <laughs> yeah. But,
3: um, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, God, she.
0: Man Eating Cow is a she. My bad. Um, <laughs> she um in the comic she got a spin off series, but she was in the when um. When Chairface Chippendale like puts them in the pit of alligators, mm-hmm. uh, in the comics, Man-eating Cow was in the pit as well.
2: Oh, okay, gotcha. Then um,
0: it's it's actually if you can get it. Um, I don't like some of the 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 few the the further series, but it costs about thirty five dollars if you get the Tick the Complete edland, That is um that is the best Tick stuff. Okay. But Tick is very different in the comics. The Tick is like. There's almost like sad stuff in the the comics. Like it's, it gets very dark. Like he's an escaped um, patient from an insane asylum.
2: Yeah, I prefer the uh, the the cartoon version because it first of all it steers into absurdity. And God, I love steering into absurdity. And it the, makes, the, so the
0: cool. comics very much a dark comedy, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not what the comic is at all.
0: The comic's uh, good though. I mean, it's just not the cartoon.
2: Mhm. <clears throat> so, um but let's see. The American maid was was pretty good character. She's um, too much
0: of a straight man though. Like she's not you as gotta interesting have, cause she's in the,
2: all of that you got to have a straight man.
0: Cuz she's confident um <laughs> and you know a legitimate superhero surrounded by idiots
3: uh big shot was the punisher ripoff okay yeah yeah, shot. big shot yeah <laughs> i i love the i i love the um the episode where tick has like a a class of superheroes that he's training okay because you had um uh, sarcastro <laughs>
0: yes that's what i was thinking about
3: <laughs> who who looked just like uh you know fidel castro but his power was just he would throw out like sarcastic one-liners mm-hmm. uh, and it had maybe one of the most bizarre characters i've ever seen in any, in any cartoon ever it's baby boomerangatang
1: <laughs> where
3: <laughs> a dude who was dressed like a in a, a orangutan costume and he would throw like toy babies at people that would of course like come back because they were boomerangs <laughs> well remember the we're looking guy... it up <laughs> looking it up his battle cry was it's okay to play with dolls <laughs>
0: and, and we talked about last time but the human ton in handy was a yeah. great character <laughs> right up book the fact
2: I just love the fact that the human ton couldn't get the jokes that the puppet on his hand was saying and it'll never quit being funny.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And oh, I, I like that um, the terror had that grudge against Roosevelt, and he just showed up, like, some at some random point in the 60s and punched out, like, Mount Rushmore. Hmm.
2: The fact that they, they talked about the history of the terror and all that, and then whenever he shows up, he, he's just barely holding it together, old man, was... You know, I, I I was probably what twelve or thirteen. Whenever this came out, I wow. loved that joke so much. It just made me so happy. Um, just God, it was it was fantastic.
0: But yeah, that's a great show. Um, that's coming up on one of our Saturday morning lineups here. I think mm-hmm. I think next time actually. It's really soon. Awesome. I know that awesome so that leaves it with well that was Shad's six so i jumped in with my yeah. fifth so uh why don't we do matt
3: why don't you do your fifth did i do all my ducks last time i think we did <laughs> I, okay i think we
0: that swore i think we brother, swore man. no
3: more ducks so i think okay so i last week i did donald duck daffy duck um i did Optimus prime and starscream and i think i did dark queen duck yeah, you did. Okay. So I have... Yeah, I have... Again, I ne- my list was not... I didn't rank really from like, oh, these are my favorites. So there was an, it was no specific order. Um, and I have a couple honorable mentions to throw out by the end. Uh, okay, I have two characters which are like, in my opinion, classic characters or the cartoons are classic. And I have three that are... I guess it's slightly more obscure I mean, when you're comparing characters to like Daffy Duck, Donald Duck, whatever. But um, I'll just go with like a heavy hitter because uh, okay. this is my favorite cartoon of all time. Uh, Batman from Batman, the animated series, Ooh. specifically the animated series. You um, know, Matt, I got to tell you something honest. Mm-hmm. That's on my list, too. Yeah, it's he, Batman. It's It's just such a such a great portrayal of the character. I, first off the writing was like iconic and it, I, I feel like so much of the past, like 30 years, like that interpretation of Batman has kind of become almost like a standard interpretation, at least for uh, cartoons and video games, because I mean, let's be realistic. Like Kevin Conroy has killed it. He's killed it. And he's, he's, been Batman in some fashion for like thirty something years. Yeah, and, I
0: think I think Diedrich Bader does a good Batman.
3: And Batman: Brave and the Bold, yes. Yeah, and
0: one well, Harley Quinn. He's he's Batman in that too. But,
3: oh, is he? I didn't. I didn't. I've been watching it. I've only seen like maybe four episodes. Yeah. But the yeah. most. The one I last one I just saw was uh where Harley Quinn is upset because she wants a. Uh, she wants an arch villain. <laughs> oh, and it's Robin over and, and over. An ar- again. Yeah, it's Robin. <laughs> oh, that one cracks me up. I think that's the that's the first appearance. Of, that's the first um, episode where King Shark is in it.
0: Oh, King Shark! King Shark is hilarious. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. King Shark. Is great. Okay, I think, it's.
0: It... I think what um to go to the Diedrich Bader version real quick. What I like about Batman Brave and the Bold is that it, like it's more about like embracing the '60s one, but like mm-hmm. taking taking some super obscure characters like Buana beast gets a couple yeah. of episodes and you know, they just, <clears throat> they work all these guys in, but they, they make them all memorable. And like, you want to read the, the con you, know, they, that makes you want to go like, Hey, I want to go find <clears throat> some comics with that guy in it. Yeah. And, and it's so different from the animated series, but it's so delightful. And just the joy it takes in like the history of DC. It's,
3: I would say it's, it's geared more towards a younger crowd, but that doesn't mean that it's really for for like quote unquote kids. Yeah. Um, but it, it it's there's certainly more tongue in cheek. It's more comedic. Um, but it's just like you said, it's just so much fun. It's it's really like a really just fun show. Um, I'm pretty sure that's like on DVD. It's not that's actually a show that I actually need to get. On it's DVD. on
0: HBO Max probably. Hmm. I should probably
3: try and watch that, but I do want that on like actual like physical media. Uh, Can I, since we're since you mentioned it, that show, I I'll just throw this out there. One of my runner-up best characters, best animated characters, (laughs) is the Batman Brave and the Bold version of Aquaman, who is (laughs) I'm going to argue is the best. Um, we'll say media in terms of like either movies or tv or animated shows or maybe even like you want to go you want to throw in video games maybe the best version of Aquaman of all time he was funny in Harley Quinn I haven't I haven't gotten to those episodes where he's popped up but he the brave and the bold version of Aquaman it's just fantastic he's like just uh I mean he is like a legit super like superhero like but he's just like an arrogant jock But completely oblivious about it So he's You can't like hate him for being an arrogant jack But that's kind of how he is He's just so obtuse It's Uh, hilarious
0: I would argue they Um, strongly I would argue that's what made The real movie Aquaman possible Is they looked at that version of him And saw an hmm. avenue to making him memorable
3: I don't hate uh, the What's his name? Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Yeah, Jason Momoa. Well, I don't dislike that version. I actually felt like the movie, while like long and kind of convoluted, I still wound up enjoying it. Just because I think Jason Momoa has a lot of personality and charisma, mm-hmm. and he just talking about leaning into it. He just leaned into it. He's like, oh, okay, I'm uh, I'm going to portray Aquaman as like a bro. He loves to drink and fight, and it's like, okay, and it worked. Like I, I felt it worked. It's I a very just...
2: natural feeling on mm-hmm. Jason Momoa. So in it being so natural on him, it doesn't feel out of place with yeah. him doing it in the film.
0: I think I did better with DC movies once I realized, oh, these are not going to be as good as Marvel movies. These are at their best mm-hmm. are going to be a mediocre Marvel movie, and that <laughs> makes it easier. It's like they're going to have something screwy and clunky in here that's going to screw it all up. But and Except um, for Shazam. Shazam was too long, though. <laughs> it gonna, was too long. I
2: will fight on this hill until no, it doesn't all, matter.
3: All of their I'm movies sorry. are too
0: long, though, because the Wonder Woman '84 is like two and a half hours, which is
3: absurd. It, yeah, it, it, it probably it, is, it, but I'm if not. Saw it saw it didn't need to be that long, not remotely.
2: But I, I will, I will never back down on the Shazam Hill. Anyway, back to Batman the Animated Series. Uh, Matt, like I said, my top five are ranked, and mm-hmm. Batman is number two on mine. The thing mm-hmm. that actually kept him out of the number one slot is because he is not primarily a cartoon character um
0: that's why i would not that... have put him on my list but he would have made mm. it because um i think it's the best the animated series is the best portrayal of bruce wayne as a character like he is the most fleshed out
2: yeah and it's not that it's not so much that bruce is a stumbling buffoon like um in like Danny o'neill novelizations have That's how he characterizes Bruce because I guess he found it easier for it to be believable that nobody thought Bruce Wayne could be Batman because he's such a goof. But I prefer it being like nobody thinks it could be Bruce because Bruce is just too nice of a guy. And, you know, Bruce has gone and done a bunch of stuff because he had the money to, but, you know, here he is. He's doing all this charity stuff and he's just such a nice dude. That nobody suspects anything about it. Um, I agree with... His, the And the way they delve into the backstory for Bruce... You know, the whole... Um,
0: Mask of the Phantasm? Well, Mask of the Phantasm was fantastic. But that really... But
2: that that was not what I was thinking.
0: Oh, because um, I was going to say, they really... I really... What I liked about Mask of the Phantasm is they, they created this character, Andrea Beaumont, to... Yeah create doubt and if he actually wanted to go the Batman route and then it kind of all falls apart and he has this like <clears throat> last moment where he can pull away and doesn't and then he becomes Batman.
2: Yeah, because well cuz she doesn't she bail on him and then Well so they have he... to
0: flee. They have to flee because her dad was into the mob. Mhm. And um Joker pre-Joker was like at her house and kills her dad later, but they have to flee to Europe.
2: Yeah. So that's how she the, fails. But in the series itself, one of my favorite callback for, for Bruce's history were the episodes that had Kia. That Ken, because you get to dive into the backstory of Bruce Wayne and explore, like, how did he get to being Batman and how being Batman is important for what he does and that sort of stuff. Um, and the fact that Kiyadai in fighting Batman, he, he knew it was Bruce. He was like, no, 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 I, I've got this figured out. This wasn't hard for me. And just all of the stuff that plays into it. It's I there.
0: There, <clears throat> there, there, um, two episodes with him are really great. And I liked how when they did the, his final appearance and, mm-hmm. um, Bruce, Bruce like tricked him on the death touch and faked him out on yeah. death. Like he just totally falls apart. And, bruce just like pummels him like there's a point yeah. where after that he like goes to this move and like bruce just blocks it and just bitch slaps him twice
2: there's i, I remember exactly the animation frame you're talking about because he does the um the onemory touch i think they called it yeah and and bruce you know sells for it and and drops and kiyodai turns to walk away and then bruce says something kiyodai turns around like that can't be true and he runs at him and you know, you would watch the old Looney Tunes and you could tell when something was going to be interacted with because it was colored differently than the background. The shot has Bruce's Bruce's like shoulders and head are like shaded like the background. Keodai's punches come in and they don't even animate his head or his face, just his hands smacking Keodai's attacks away. And it was just so effective of Bruce being like, I took your best shot where you got now. And, and just
0: it really oh, showed man. his brilliance though, because he was like, because then they're like, well, how did you counter that? And he's like, well, I saw that where I saw where he wore away that spot in a dummy, so I just put like a piece of metal.
2: Yeah, he he, he armored himself there where he found the the place that had been attacked. That's so smart. I love it so much.
0: And I liked um the other episode. <clears throat> I really liked. I liked the t- the two man man-bad episodes. The one where his wife cut herself with a piece of glass and became like mm-hmm. a bat
2: <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah
0: there's uh, really just a lot of good episodes like um, there's a lot of good Joker episodes in that um, the episode where they play they play poker and a really touching almost
3: one got
2: of, him is so fantastic
0: the one where Killer Croc like finds people that accept him and he just can't deal with it and he betrays them
2: Yeah. And like Um, the
0: kid like confronts him at the end and he's just like kind of just I am what I am. Yeah. But the fact that they they could delve into something like that with Killer Croc is.
2: They did so many things like there's one episode that I can think of that I'm just like, wow, you guys should have cut that. But it was so early on, I can't be mad at him. Batman in my basement, I could have done without. (laughs) Which was that. that's the one where Batman gets gassed by Penguin, and these kids find him and hide him in the basement, and Penguin shows up looking for him. So, do you know which one I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that one.
2: It's it's not. The problem is that everything else is so good that that one just pales by comparison. Oh, but worked. they rehabbed so many good villains, and Mark Hamill was so good. I have. Batman stands in for the whole series on this list, and truth be told, he kind of stands in for, like, the whole – he almost stands in for the entire, like, Bruce Timm, Paul Dini animated thing. They rehabbed, like, Mr. Freeze and won awards for it. The way they changed the Riddler was fantastic fantastic if you're so smart why aren't you rich is so
0: good and we're um we're we're missing a really great one which is the gray ghost episode where they bring adam weston and kind of an homage to old batman beware the gray ghost oh (laughs) my gosh in my veins please or they even did the um one the one where bruce is what's his is he matches malone when he's in his yeah when he did the matches yeah. Malone thing and he ends up in that like prison, the work camp. yeah, that work camp, that's a, yeah. that is a good like just off um off genre episode.
2: Yeah, oh, it's so good. Or and or, Alfred is fantastic in that too.
0: Or the Hugo Strange episode where like Riddler, I, I mean, where Penguin, Two Face, and Joker are. Are bidding on it. And they're like, well, why don't we just combine our money? And they give all this money, and like Joker pulls out his change purse, and he's like, in two cents.
1: Yeah.
0: And then they they make them they make them think that Hugo Strange is a fraud, and then they're like, just like, well, let's just kill him.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, and um, Two Face, the Two Face. They didn't even go for Two Face right away. They built up to it, and it was great.
3: Yeah. I listen to you guys talk about it. I. I chose Batman, but uh, I also could have just chosen this version of Joker. Uh, um, yes. Because actually, I, I think there's something to be said that Kevin Conroy's Batman and Mark Campbell's Joker, uh, they they potentially are the iconic versions of the characters actually, in terms of like TV or movies. Go ahead.
0: If, if I had to pick my favorite character from the show, and I'm going really offbeat with this, but it'd be Harvey Bullock.
3: Army he's bullock. uh he's underrated and understated as a character but yeah he's he's good the bullet for bullock episode was
2: really good i really liked that uh yeah god you know what let's just if we had have we already done an animated series episode we've,
0: we've 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 kicked it around a lot then let's just we're
2: gonna have to we're gonna have to come back to it and just talk about how great it is, and gush and all that. Yeah, we're just gonna have to. we because otherwise we're gonna spend all night on it. Um. Okay, can I do my number five then to keep? <laughs> rolling yeah, on? yeah. Okay, this one is actually it's not going to be a particular series because it's gonna be all of his animated representations. Um. Well, not all of them. Most of, I think most because uh, whenever I say Superman I don't just mean Bruce Tim Pauldini I'm also talking like the max Fleischer stuff and Superman is at number five again because he's not primarily uh, an animated he's not a cartoon character primarily but he's still just such you know seeing Superman do superheroic stuff is always cool and then um what he did in the animated superman the animated series and what he did in justice league and that sort of stuff always you know, they got it so right
0: i i want to throw a shout out because they're excellent and everyone should seek them out and they're easy to find because i think they're public domain now but the movie shorts the animated movie shorts from like the 40s with superman are excellent
1: those are
2: the Max Fleischer ones, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I think yes. so. They're on Amazon Prime for free.
0: They're they are excellent. Really? Like they don't have. Yes. They're very pulpy because it's really before like the concept of the supervillain was set in stone. So it's a lot of him fighting mad scientists and robots, but they're well um, there's animated. Some, um, there's there,
2: some out of date uh, stereotypes that come into play in a couple episodes, but for the most. They're still really good.
0: And if you're if you're used to like modern animation, they're going to be kind of violent comparatively to what you're expecting.
2: They're, you know what? Well, yeah, because the Superman fighting the robots, <clears throat> like they show a lot uh, of of the straight up like Superman throws
0: hands, but and he th- couldn't fly. You have to understand that he well, can't fly in these because he just leaps he, really tall. Wait no, wait does he fly in those?
2: He does, but it's something he's got to jump into it. It looks like
0: okay, so it's like he's got to
2: jump into achieving enough velocity to keep going or something.
0: Because he couldn't fly, he couldn't fly at first in the comics. He no. just like when they talk about him being able to leap tall buildings, that's because he couldn't fly quite. Um, yeah,
2: that was that was what he did. He yeah. didn't fly. He had super jump, but um, because I've got a. Uh, I've got a hardback collection of like first year worth of Superman comics or something somewhere. It came with a uh, with one of the uh, when the death of Superman came out, it came bundled with that.
0: His his Justice League stuff. I thought he was a good character in that Batman, too, actually, for Justice League. Yeah.
2: Okay, Um, my favorite Superman in Justice League, favorite Superman moment in Justice League is the Christmas episode where John Jones goes home with him. That's a like good one. The, it's because it's the heart of the character, right? Like it, it is that is, it, it just solidifies the fact that whereas Bruce Wayne is Batman wearing a mask, Superman is Clark Kent in a costume. Like it is Clark is Clark is who you get. It just so happened, and then of course his world of cardboard speech. Oh my god.
0: There's, there's a the funny moment in it. the comics from the last couple of years. I don't know if you've seen it, Shad, but Batman comes to the farm because in, in the comics they move to, back to Smallville. And Batman and Damian Wayne come to the farm and, and Lois, you know, serves them pie. And and they're all eating except Batman and, and Jonathan goes to Damian's He's like, why is he eating the pie? And Damian's like, Batman doesn't eat pie. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's that's
2: an excellent joke. Oh, man. Oh, So that that was my number five.
0: Oh, so back to me, I guess. I think so. So I'm going to pull us out of the realm of superhero here and I'm going to I'm actually taking us back to animal. So I'm going to pull Monterey Jack from the Rescue Rangers.
2: Oh, that's an interesting choice.
0: So if 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 you've never seen it, he's kind of like, he's kind of like Aquaman from Batman Brave and the Bold when you really think about it. Um, he's, he's a braggadocious kind of brute, always has some story about some far off location he was doing something in.
2: Yeah, he's got lots of stories.
0: Except what was he afraid of? It was some cat thing, wasn't it? Oh,
3: gosh, that's a good question. It's been so long since I've seen Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers.
0: And then, they, like his <clears> parents show up at different times. Like he's just he's a fun he's a fun like counterbalance to everyone else on that show. While being the muscle. the
2: Rescue Rangers had a um, they they had a really good team dynamic going on. Um, because he you know you had. You had Chip was kind of taking the lead, Dale was kind of comic relief, Gadget obviously being the tech person, and then Monterey Jack is kind of the grizzled, the the big strong grizzled veteran type.
0: Well, and Zipper was like the get them out of trouble because he was little thing, but Monterey Jack also served as the Deus Ex Machina to get them in trouble <laughs> when he smelled cheese.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, see, here I am. Yeah, he had a cat's thing.
0: Oh, it was a bull, I think. Was that what it was? Remember, no, 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 it might be different, but there was one where, like, these mice thought he was, like, this great hero because he vanquished this, um... Oh, what was the bull's name? He vanquished some bull, but then Monterey told them the story, and, like, he really just happened to, like, get knocked around by the bull, and then he slipped on a piece of cheese and fell on a boat.
2: Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, he had a he had a, a cats issue um cuz I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Disney fandom wiki, the source for all Disney stuff. But yeah, I liked I liked the character. He was voiced by Peter Cullen for the first two se- <laughs> the first two seasons and then Jim Cummings after that. <laughs> oh my god. That's amazing.
0: If you have Disney Plus, it's a worthwhile show to watch. I think it's fun.
2: Yeah.
3: When my kids
2: get older, I'm gonna have them watch.
3: (laughs) Uh, Not to interject here, but more Duck Talk. But uh, after after last episode, um, I did actually watch like the the first two episodes of Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm gonna watch the whole thing over again. It's just uh, I'm trying to juggle rewatching like South Park from the very beginning. Plus watching Harley Quinn, plus like I guess this, so mm-hmm. I got uh, got quite a few things. It, it I really watch them like late at night, so yeah, I'll work my way through them eventually.
0: So why don't we do Matt? What's your next one?
3: Uh, okay. Um, let me bounce to. Let me. Well, let, uh, okay. Now I gotta go into I get. Uh, but because this show. I feel this show almost has been forgotten about, but people who watched it during the 90s just like really have good things to say about it. But this is a character from Disney's Gargoyles, okay. which, again, is a fantastic show. If if you haven't seen that, it's probably in my like top five for animated shows. It's just at least like uh, I guess you would consider like kid shows or – superhero action, something like that, like that type okay. of genre. Like, it's in my top five. It's one of my favorite shows of all, uh, animated shows of all times. But yeah. the main... I, I could literally pick, like, many different characters. Um, and I have, like, honorable mentions to Demona, who's one of the main char- main villains. Uh, mm-hmm. Macbeth, who's, like, a really, really interesting character and also a villain who kind of becomes, like, an, an anti-villain, I guess, of sorts. And he's named Macbeth because... In the, in the complex backstory with Demona. It's like a really layered for kid show. It incorporated literally incorporated Shakespeare into like a kid show right. and made it not yeah. only interesting, but fascinating, but uh, I will go with the main character, the main villain uh, who kind of became like an anti-hero of sorts or an anti-villain himself. Yeah. But David Xanatos,
2: David Xanatos, Jonathan
3: Frakes, Jonathan Frakes, who played the character absolutely like fantastically he starts off just as a straight up villain yeah um, by the end of the series he he's technically i guess kind of like a hero a good guy um because uh-huh. he does uh, he is on the side of the gargoyles who are the main characters the main heroes um but he's still kind of like manipulative and not necessarily yeah. like always on the up and up so i don't know if you would consider him an anti-hero or an anti-villain um of all according to plan Yes, that's the thing. I did want to mention that David Xanatos, the way he was written, um, he that basically the trope namer of a trope called the Xanatos Gambit, which uh, I actually maybe because of this, maybe because I love that character and that show so much that whenever we see uh, a villain doing a Xanatos Gambit in other media since then, TV shows or comics or whatever, I just love it. Um, it's it's the classic example of a, of a a villain really just always basically being s- almost kind of hyper competent because they they everything that they do uh, they win essentially like they, they some part of their plan is advanced yeah. and if you go to TV tropes and search Xanatos Gambit it kind of has like a nice little flowchart. Uh, which is kind of funny, but it's the flowchart's kinda accurate. It's like, okay, you you the, the villain creates like a plan and in some way if the hero defeats the plan or doesn't if he doesn't defeat the plan, obviously the villain wins. If he does it defeat it, the way the Xanatos gambit works, it's like, huh, you defeated my plan, but I actually wanted you to do that because the re- you doing that caused this effect to happen. Yeah. And that actually was part of my plan all along. And it's yeah. like it's kinda it can if it's not done right; it can get contrived. But right, right, right. Uh, the way they use it in the Gargoyle show was fantastic, and I do like seeing that pop up in in other shows or comic books, like animated films, regular films. Like I love it when they do things like that. It's kind of, It's to me, it's fun. I, I guess it. You don't want to use it too much, but it does. It is a great way to show a villain being competent because I feel like that's something that does sometimes get lost in some shows you're watching like the villains would just be like a joke like you need strong villains in my opinion you need strong villains to make the hero's journey the hero's conquest
2: actually something if you you don't have a good heel for the baby face to overcome exactly actually overcome anything
3: exactly bring it all back to to pro wrestling but it's true (laughs) good you need good heels you do and
2: That it, wrestling the the benefit that wrestling has in this stuff is it can be simple or it can be very complicated, but the simple works right. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with simple working. Whereas in some things they're like, well, you can't tell a simple story because if it's mm-hmm. too simple, people won't be engaged. And it's like, <laughs> says you,
3: yeah, um, I, yeah. I will add a Xanatos gambit is uh, it's not the same thing as a Batman gambit. No. Which is uh, an instance where you you're able to defeat the villain or I guess your enemy because they essentially do exact everything that you expect them to do. And yeah. the way the the way it's often used, with Batman is like he Batman of course like plans for like every contingency. So it's like he beats the villain because the villain did exactly what. He thought they would do, and because he's like almost like OCD level of hyper planner, like he plans yeah. for every contingency, so he's always going to win. Right, right. Although uh, I do okay. love was it was it a I think it, was it Grant Morrison? Maybe it was tower Grant Morrison. Bab- what with the Tower of Babel? No, uh I think it was Grant Morrison who said okay. this is like because the 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 joke, of course, is that Batman's supposed to be just a regular guy. Um, I think it was Grant Morrison. It's like, no, Batman has a superpower. And they're like, okay, what's well, the superpower? It's like, he's the, he's, he's, he's the goddamn Batman. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's Batman's superpower.
0: Well, they, they did a good, they did, they actually did do a good episode in the animated series to kind of um, foil that. Where they had, um, he embarrassed some mob boss, I think he hired, I don't remember the guy's name now. But he was, he was after his cape and cowl.
2: He hired mm-hmm. Thaddeus Wormwood.
0: Yeah, that was a really good episode to like counterbalance that. It's like because it shows a guy that pretty much was outsmarting him at almost every every yeah. turn until Batman got the better of him. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing
2: about that, well, I'm not gonna say that because if you've never seen the uh, if you've never seen the episode, that would ruin it. But <clears throat> anyway, that's we're gonna we're gonna fall back into Batman the animated series again if we're not careful. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. I think I need to go to my number four now. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. So my number four is um, a character from a series that has minimal dialogue. And speaking of predictable early, you always know how it's going to play out. But it's still fun. And that's going to be Wile E. Coyote. Mm. Because there were there were some rules set in place whenever the series was created. Nobody talks. Wiley never catches the Roadrunner. Wiley always orders stuff from Acme. And Wiley's plans never work.
0: But they broke both of those rules, though, because he does catch the Roadrunner in an 80s cartoon, except through the the virtue of that, he got shrunk to a very small size. So he catches the Roadrunner, except he's only about as tall as the Roadrunner's ankle.
2: Right. Right. So he didn't really catch it.
0: And then there's that excellent heel promo he does where those kids are watching where he explains, like, why he wants a Roadrunner. And he has that chart that breaks down what all the parts of a Roadrunner tastes like. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, his legs taste like double martini or something. (laughs) And I think his hair tastes like pistachio or something absurd like that.
2: But it's just so much fun because you – it's – the phrase I'm it's kind of like watching a vaudeville clown show it's going to fail the fun is going to be in how spectacularly and how funny it will be when it does fail
0: he also made an excellent cameo in on night court
2: what I'm sorry what
0: the w- Wiley Coyote was on an episode of night court where they're going through all these cases and and um, I think his name was Harry was the judge. He's like, he's like, yeah. I don't care. Like, you leave that bird alone. And it was pretty much a restraining order. And it's just Wiley e. Coyote standing between like I think Bull and Roz.
3: Wow. And it was like there for like two that.
0: seconds. Yeah.
2: That's a great gag. You know they're bringing, they're doing a um a sequel to that
0: series. I do not want to see it.
2: It's gonna be uh, Melissa Roush is gonna be playing. Uh, Harry's daughter, who's now a judge at the night court. And I think the only person they're bringing back is John Larroquette.
0: I don't care if there's no Richard Moll or like the original cast. I don't care.
2: I'd have to look. I know John Larroquette's back.
0: They screw all of hmm. that stuff up. Like I just don't. I don't care anymore. I don't well, get excited for it because they're gonna screw something up because they can't help themselves.
2: I don't get I, excited, but I look for. I I hope that they do it well, and then I can be pleasantly surprised. I,
3: yeah, I'm kind of I'm overall over like the the nostalgia kick. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, because but, sometimes though people uh, are like people are like, "Ooh, this isn't good." Like it wasn't that good to begin with. Like what did you expect them like to, to pull cuz I think I think that's kind of to go into our our Saturday morning cartoon like recaps i think that's Uh kind of the one thing i went into it hoping we would do and it's kind of bore out to be true which is yeah we're kind of having some nostalgia for our childhoods but we're also looking at stuff and be like wow that really kind of sucked (laughs) and um i think um i think that's where i've kind of gotten sick of the nostalgia stuff is just because like a lot of times it's like man you guys are like taking something that wasn't that great to begin with and you're just like not even getting it to that lackluster quality.
2: It's um, it's probably just easier to get greenlit, and so a lot of this stuff comes up as reboots or sequels because whoever they're pitching to goes, "Oh yeah, I remember that. I'd love to see it." And then whenever they say, "I'd love to see it," they get greenlit, and so you get you get work for a season or whatever, and and maybe just maybe it's good enough to maintain longer than that but yeah yeah it seemed like in their saturday morning stuff there was there was more bad than there was good but anyway that was my number four so i think that goes back to brad now doesn't it
0: i believe so so i'm going to let's see i got my thing all whomper jawed here i'm going to go well i guess i'm going to stick with animal so okay. I'm going to go with Panthro from Thundercats. So oh, Panthro is Panther is kind of multifaceted because he is the mechanic because he builds the Thunder Tank mm-hmm. and he does a lot when because because they, they kind of repurpose their ship into like multiple things. But um, he's the pilot of the Thundercat. He is like their strongman and he is also a ninja. And has a great voice actor I don't remember what the guy's name is but he has a great voice actor
3: oh let me look that up because he's I feel like he did a bunch of stuff and maybe is like a I don't know if he's like a known guy let me look that up
0: I think he is
3: Earl it was Hammond. Hammond.
0: no Earl Hammond is um mumrah mumrah the Ever living they
3: let me look it up real quick. What, Earl, uh, Hi- Earl Hyman,
2: he did both, huh?
3: Oh my God, he was the dad on the Cosby Show. That's who he was. Huh. Okay. that's interesting. Boy, that's that's a that's a show you might have to write, like cross off your resume, right? Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, weren't you that? No,
2: I wasn't. Well, no, so you was could just on an '80s TV show. I guess you could say you were on it, but it was like, but I didn't know anything that was going on. Mm. As long as you're not taken up for Or not being Bill Cosby oh. himself.
0: I see why I'm confused because <laughs> there is a, This is really confusing So there is an Earl Hyman Which is him Yes. But there is an Earl Hammond That is yes. Mumrock There's,
3: there's two Ooh. Earls I, yeah.
0: guess. I wonder if his well, name is like Errol, like Errol or something Like Errol Flynn I don't know I wonder if he's still alive. Is he still alive? Ooh.
3: Earl Hammond?
0: No, I think I know Earl no. Hammond's dead. But Earl Hammond. Earl
3: Hammond Hyman. Earl Hyman died uh Wikipedia is telling me like 3 years ago, 4 years ago at the age of 91. So he wow. he had quite the life.
0: Yeah, cuz he was cuz I've seen like clips of them doing the voice acting for them and he had gray hair back then. And mm-hmm. if he's playing Cosby's dad, he was not a, a young pup in the Yeah. In the 80s.
3: Larry Kenny, who voiced Lionel, is still kicking in.
0: Yeah, because he does a lot of interviews. Because they they asked him about like the I don't know if you guys have ever heard them, but like the infamous Thundercats bloopers that have like made the rounds on the internet forever. Yes. No, I'm not familiar with them. It's just them screwing up and like swearing and just screwing around. Okay. hmm Because there's like one where like Lionel's trying to say something, and he's like, he's like, he's like, oh fuck, he's like, there it is again. <laughs> and then like the guy who plays Star is like, You want me to say it? And he's like, Yes <laughs> That's also my uh, favorite. It's from uh it's from uh it's Mel Blanc, but it's from like a a demo reel from way back in the day for Warner Brothers and it's Porky Pig and he like slams his thumb with a, with a hammer and you think he's gonna say son of a bitch, it's like haha it's like you thought I was gonna say son of a bitch, didn't you? <laughs>
2: or the um how much fun was the? They 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 even took an episode of Pinky and the Brain and did uh, the Orson Wells Beans commercial recording.
0: Oh yeah, the
2: guy who did the Brain's voice, whose name I can't remember right now.
0: Doug Munch, isn't it? No, Paul <clears throat> Paul Munch isn't mentioned.
2: Okay, isn't it? that him. No, doing, Paul
0: Munch. Sorry, sorry.
2: Okay, him doing Orson Wells chewing out the sound booth operator was his warm-up to do Brain's voice for recording. <laughs> and so one day they were just like, I oh, think you might get an episode.
0: Why? I did it right. <laughs> yeah. oh, I did it right. My favorite I'm part of that, coaching. my favorite part of that is like, it's like, tell me how to say that. Tell me how to say that and I'll go down on you.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, they're, they're great. They're worth looking up just because, like, the indignation he has sometimes. Like, there is a slight thunk. He's like, what is a thunk? <laughs>
2: Just a <laughs> horse and Wells tearing somebody a new one is fascinating.
0: There's there's a great takeoff of that. And I think it's actually the brain's voice doing it for the critic where they do a takeoff okay. of that. And he's like, he's like, yes, like um, whatever the brand of peas is full of country goodness and green penis. He's like, wait, that's terrible. I quit.
2: <laughs> I think I might remember that, but. Oh. So Panthro. I, yes. That was God, I watched that when I was young, but it was far enough back that it's hard for me to remember the stuff about the characters. Like I remember the plot line stuff, but I don't remember remember the voices.
0: It's um I just watched recently about the first twenty episodes and it's it's actually better than I thought it would be, but it's very Star Wars ish. And Mumro's not in it quite as much as you would think he is early on. Because they do they do quite a bit of world building early on. Okay. But it's I would say it was better than I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be really bad, and it actually had it was fun. I won't call it like a masterpiece or anything, but it was better than it had any right to be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, where's that put us? Who's up?
0: Uh, Matt.
3: Matt. Oh, I'm back to me again? Yes. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Um, I I'll, I have three more. One's a very, very famous classic character. I'll save that for my next to last. Okay. Uh, I'll go back. I'll do again an, an obscure one. This is a show that, in my opinion, should have lasted longer. I have the show on DVD. It is available on DVD. It ran in the mid 90s. Mm-hmm utterly bizarre show but fantastic hilarious freakazoid
1: freakazoid
3: yes freakazoid um steven spiel also known as steven spielberg's freakazoid just uh, kind of like a i guess kind of like a parody of of superhero shows it was kind of like
0: just a parody of a lot of stuff because they had like i think like their johnny quest stuff turned into venture brothers eventually or inspired that
3: Mm, that's 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 a good point actually.
0: Because um, I remember there's an episode where there's like a dog with rabies, and mm-hmm. he like makes the dog with rabies his like sidekick. Mm-hmm.
3: That's <laughs> true. It, there's so many like funny things there.
0: And the um, one where like um the caveman I don't remember what his name was that was like really refined and he just starts singing the song about how his underwear is brown.
3: Cave guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm.
3: Talks in like the upper class voice.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Subscribe to the New Yorker. You should too. It's it's a it, it, it's just so good and uh, Armando Gutierrez, voiced by Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. It's like it's such a funny show. It's so good.
0: Ed, Ed Asner is on that too.
3: Ed Asner is. Cosgrove. The Cosgrove, where there'd always be like some like some shenanigans going on, or a Freakazoid would be fighting the villains, or the villains would be doing something dastardly. And Cosgrove who is kind of drawn to look like Ed Asner just like this like short Yeah. Dumpy and like, Dumpy
0: man with a slight look of misery on his face. And
3: yeah. uh, his his police caps pulled down to obscure his eyes. Yeah. Yes. And he could just stop anything, like any of the, the villainry going on or any like shady things. He'd just, hey, cut it out. And people would be like, okay. And they just stop what they're doing. And there's, <laughs>
0: like, there'd be that gag where he'd be like, nothing will stand in my way, and Cosgrove would be like, hey, Freakazoid, you want to go for an ice cream? He's like, okay.
2: I remember there was a particular gag that took me off guard, mm. and it cracked me up. But the the hero who had been around prior to Freak is like, hunt, hunt, hunt goes the huntsman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? That's his theme music?
0: Uh, and he blew the call in the <laughs> softball game because he was getting some berry water.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost a stream of consciousness show, but it's not.
3: Yes, it kind of is.
2: Yeah, it, like it almost is, but the narrative holds together mm-hmm. in a very in a very fun way.
0: And I um, I, my favorite part too is that guy that was turning the squirrels into into gold. And um, he he walks up to Freakazoid. He's like, "Do you want to see something strange and mysterious?" And he's like, "No." He's like, "Leave those squirrels alone." <laughs> and he just totally like he just totally like cusses the guy out and, like. Sends him on his way. <laughs> that's a good choice, though, Matt. That was a yeah. great show.
3: Yeah. yeah. They, they really uh, by them. the way, one of the uh, one of the main villains or recurring villains for a Freakazoid, I still find the recurring like joke and meme hilarious, and that's Candlejack, where
1: <laughs> can't say <laughs> Candlejack's
3: like... name without. You know, he abducts you. You disappear. Yeah. Yeah. And if I if I was really committed to the joke, I would just like stop myself mid sentence and just strike drop off the call and not show up. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do want to finish the episode, so I'm not going to do that. But I find I find that that joke's still funny, like 20 plus years later.
2: It works better in text, you know. It
3: does. Yeah.
2: Well, um, I think I'm up next, so I'm going to pick something that I think gave Freakazoid kind of it was kind of kind of a predecessor kind of gave Freakazoid a leg up to get it and I have to do a collective pick here because these characters very rarely appear without each other and that's going to be the Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister Yakko Wakko, mm-hmm. and Dot it, it, it was like it wasn't just a throwback to so many things like old con or old uh, cartoons and stuff and groucho marks and I, I i'm not sure which one wacko is supposed to like they the show was done so well that even if they were making references i didn't get it was still funny
0: sadly the remake the, the new show was not good
2: I haven't watched any of it. The, the Piggy
0: and the Brain stuff is pretty funny, but, like, they, um... They, they really... I don't know. It's like it's like some out-of-touch people were writing it, and they just were, like, doing, like, parodies of stuff from, like, 30... Like, they're doing, like, Jurassic Park parodies, and it's like... It's just like... Oh, come on, guys. Like, that's just... Yeah. That's been beaten to death, and... You know, you, you're showing your age there.
2: Yeah. But yeah.
0: I uh, think I think I think the whole cast of anime, Animaniacs is great because I didn't get it as a kid as much, but like as an adult like I find Slappy the Squirrel to be hilarious.
2: Mm. Slappy was funny to me even then.
0: And like um my mom hated it because my mom hated this one because she was she would have been the person saying that's a giant chicken, but she hated chicken boo, but I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Chicken Boo was it was so dumb, but that just made it even funnier. Um, the Good Feather, like the the Warners, are kind of a stand-in for the whole show here, but they they did something very clever in that the whole show never just stayed on one set of characters because then you could get your jokes in and get out before it wore out its welcome. So they would do, like, Warner stuff, and then you get Pinky in the Brain, or you get Mindy and Buttons, or you get... Uh, Mindy and Kid Buttons, Seathers. I thought, was
0: the weak spot of the show.
2: It, well, funny story about that, that I, I agree with you, but whenever they were at Steven Spielberg's house and they were, they were setting up the, the storyboards about it and, like, the character proposals and stuff like that, it was somebody's daughter came in. And pointed at Mindy and Buttons and said, that one, I like that one. And I'm like, well, I guess we're going to use that. Because it was the first time they'd had a kid walk in and immediately key to a character. Um, and Mindy and Buttons was amusing enough. I mean, out of it a was, strong cast, there's going to be a weak point somewhere.
0: It was just too, I think it was too, um, it was too traditional for a show that was about, like, breaking the rules.
2: No, I guess it's for, and, oh, Dr. Scratch and Sniff. That <laughs> just stayed funny um oh one of the examples uh a reference that i didn't get at the time but it was funny anyway was you remember the episode where wacko just destroys the poor clown they hire for his birthday
0: i have very bad memories of this show like i don't remember it very well i the only one i mem- remember is the um the one where they had, like, the Howard Stern um, analog that was a bird. And I think Robin was a Robin.
2: <laughs> well, it was um, – he did Jerry Lee all. Lewis the whole time. That was the thing. See, he was just doing Jerry Lee Lewis.
0: Oh, that was, like, a recurring theme, though, yeah. wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Well, it was, it was variations on that. But the one I remember the most was this clown showed up for Wacko's birthday. And he's just straight up doing Jerry Lee Lewis stuff, and Wacko just keeps trying to kill him, which is pretty funny. You know what? I'm wrong. The best example was not that. The best example was their Apocalypse Now episode with Mr. Director. You would put Apocalypse Now in a kitten show? How does this work? And yet it works amazingly. Yeah. Mr. Director was hilarious. He thought he was he thought he was making highbrow art and it, no sense whatsoever it was great oh my god
0: okay so let's see I have what do you guys want I have an animal left and I have a human left which one do you want
2: <laughs> I have an animal left too so'm I'm, I'm concerned about crossover
3: I have uh I guess technically I have three because I gonna do my last one I'm gonna do like a, a a tie but that includes a non-human character so uh, I have essentially a human character
0: I'm going to do the human character because I think you guys are going to have less to say about it I don't know if you watch it so I'm going to do Rick Hunter from Robotech aka Macross who is the main character Um, interesting so so it's poorly dubbed uh, the original but it's very different from anything else that would have been on TV at the time Okay. Very much more adult, like they deal with things like love and death and all that stuff. But he's like the main character. He starts like this stunt um, pilot that shows up, and but he gets involved in like this whole invasion of Earth thing and he becomes a fighter pilot. You kind of go on his journey of like climbing the ranks and like fall – like having to choose between two women and, like, even ending up in this, like, um, very toxic relationship with this woman that, like, he's infatuated with. Um, So for an animated character, he has a lot of depth at the time. And I think if it was properly, like, translated, I think he has even more depth. But it's a a good show. They did, like, a re-record of it a couple years ago with some script changes. Uh, That one's very worth watching because it kind of, kind of, Shines up the roughness a bit, but Macross, aka Robotech, is a very good show.
3: <clears throat> that's that's a show that was really big when when I was young, or mm-hmm. I just have not seen it.
0: Remember the toys? You see the toys like they're a lot, and they had <clears throat> novels based on it, like um comics. But yeah, it was big. It was big for a couple years. I remember that. So Matt, why don't you go next?
3: Okay, this is a really a, a big character, probably like a, a, a really like a, a huge character. And the the caveat here is that I feel like the early part of this TV show does the heavy lifting because it's unfortunately a show that has at this point. Probably been not not good more years than it was good, but
0: Ooh, Homer Simpson. Yeah, oh, yes.
3: Homer, Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson from The Simpsons. The Simpsons has been on the air like what 30, 30 years, thirty plus years. Been on
0: since eighty nine.
3: Okay, that's and when the Christmas feel, special
0: aired. So like, very technically eighty nine because Christmas of eighty nine.
3: Yeah, and people, there's I guess debate as to when the show was outside of its prime. Some people say, like... Oh, good. You, you have a thought? Season, people have thoughts.
0: Season 10 is when it officially... I will not watch past season 10 episodes, and I, season 10 really I has think, some stinkers.
3: I think that that's probably the consensus that a lot of people reach. Like, I probably still liked it and felt it would... enjoyed watching it, at least, I guess I'll say, through maybe, like, season 12. But after that, it's, like, it's just... Not good. I mean, I for whatever reason, I think my wife and I were just doing chores around the house, so I had a recent episode on. It's unwatchable. I it's a- I it it was a it was a recent episode on. I don't even know what year it's from. It could have been from like 5 years ago. It could have been from like yesterday. I don't know, but it just it was there. It like wasn't really funny.
0: No, I tried There's, to watch they did a crossover with Family Guy or Futurama
3: like 10 years ago, and I, I
0: tried I, to watch it, and I could not make it through the episode because it was so bad.
3: I watched that one. It was with Family Guy, and it, it was – I thought it was watchable. It just was very like – it was kind of like tired. It's like, yeah, let's do some Family Guy-style like dark jokes in The Simpsons. It kind of played in a, played a little bit into like the the Simpsons tropes, um, which some of it was a little some of it was kind of amusing. Like there there is a scene where Stewie and Bart are kind. Of, it was okay. It, I thought it was watchable. It kind of the things the part I liked where it was more it was like playing off the the Family Guy dark humor. Um, but overall, uh, there was one joke that I actually thought was kind of. Was risque but kind of funny. Uh, home, I forget the reason why, but Homer and and uh, Peter, who were obviously presented as heavyset, they do they have to do like some one of these like uh, you know car washes where people show up and it's done almost like you know it presented it like they were, which they're not. So they're like in Daisy Duke's like washing cars and, and people are just like grossed out about it. Mm-hmm. And then there's another joke. There's another joke where. <laughs> I forget why, but they had to basically, like, use gas, up, uh, put, they're, they're so dumb that they put gas, like, up their, rec- a gas can, a gas uh, pump up their rectum. I forget why. But they, the next thing you know, like, you see a guy, like, walking into, like, a German dude walking in <laughs> into, like, a porn stream. Yeah. Videotape of them doing that. So the- I thought that was kind of
0: the only thing I thought the movie was decent um, but I, I the only thing I thought that I've enjoyed Simpsons <clears throat> wise recently and I don't even think Simpsons writers touched it is the Rick and Morty couch gags like oh my god Morty you killed the Simpsons mm-hmm. he's like sends him off to like get DN- to get them reconstituted from their DNA and while mm-hmm. Morty's doing that he's just like robbing them blind <laughs> And then he takes like a duff out of the fridge and he takes a sip and he like takes his flask out and spikes the duff beer to make it more alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And then they come out and they're like all Rick's because he like spit all over it because you know, that's what Rick does. <clears throat> so Shad, oh, do you have uh your number? I've got my
2: up? number one. Cause my number two was Batman. Oh, so okay. I'm going to go ahead and jump to my number one. So I can go ahead and clear that out. And I, this might be some people might say this this pick is basic or whatever, but truth be told, I gotta go with who I consider the OG. I gotta go with who was the man for me growing up, and that's Bugs Bunny. Mm.
1: You know, Bugs
2: was for me. Bugs was the guy, and yeah, okay. He, he he seemed to make a habit out of screwing with elmer but at least in my kid brain it it was in this weird place it's like well of course that's what he's going to do that's how the episodes go and so it was amusing to watch and it was fun and bugs was i I thought bugs was clever about what he did and and that sort of stuff so you know i mean if if you say cartoon what do a lot of people say bugs bunny right
0: yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, I, I think I like Daffy a little better. Overall
3: I, than Bugs. I clearly like Daffy because he's a <laughs> Yeah. Um I I I like Bugs. I don't dislike bugs. I just uh, he's not my favorite. Mm. I
2: have to admit though, I'm probably more like Daffy myself. <laughs> but uh, Oh, and he was a, he was a great pick in uh, Looney Tunes B ball. Mm. Just um if he mm. was inside the three arc, he was gonna land the shot. That that always that was the case. So, um, there
3: you go. Bugs Bunny is number one on my list. You know, I think did he do a, an episode of this? Did did uh, did the angry video game nerd do an episode on Bugs Bunny's he Creed did. Castle?
0: Yeah, he did. Because there's yeah. like there's like eight of those things.
3: There's I, a lot of them. I actually like the original one. I don't I like actually the original one. That. I played that a lot on uh on Nintendo. That was actually fun. The Super NES one was mm. good.
0: The one where like it was more like they incorporated like the animator guy into yep. it. Mm. Yeah, that was yep. decent. I felt though, where I felt that game struggled though, is the graphics were super impressive, but it felt like the system could barely handle what was going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, okay. Too much going on at once.
0: I think the I think it was just pulling more resources than the system necessarily had because the graphics were quite um impressive for what it was yeah and i remember you you had to deal with the bull from the bullfight episode
3: yes you did mm-hmm. this is a this is kind of like a weird uh, thing to add but have have either of you watched the new space jam
0: i hear it's absolutely wretched
3: I hear it's absolutely awful, and I cannot stand LeBron.
0: No, I can't. I is can't.
3: He's a, is a, is a whore a horror for communist China. I'm sorry. So yeah, I'm he not, is.
0: He's I'm a he's a, he's a fucking hypocrite because he he, he is. preaches his 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 shit, but then he um, which is fine if you believe that, but he's inconsistent about it, and he doesn't care when it costs him money when it's literally probably slave
3: labor. Yeah.
0: Or genocide that's being <laughs> committed over there.
3: He he made a I remember like a few I, recently I forget exactly when but he made like a big point or to be like videotaped reading like the autobiography of Malcolm X and it's like I bet you like if I qu- started quizzing you dummy like you wouldn't be able to tell me a damn thing about that book I'm sure I I could quote more about that book to you than you could like well, I, know I mean
0: I he tried to he tried to um trademark <laughs> Taco Tuesday because he's a dumbass
3: I don't I can't stand him but. No, I've, not, I've um, hated
0: him I've hated him since what he did I thought the way he handled leaving Cleveland The first time was really immature And I've never liked yeah. him since then And and I I hate The fact that he ruins the teams He's on like even if you look At the Lakers like they they really Mortgaged a lot just because he Can't I just don't like him I've never liked him since did to Cleveland and He's never redeemed himself That's just, when
2: I turned on him too Yeah, Because at the time I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods, so I heard about it all the time from the TVs in there. And then, you know, here he is. He's like, no, I'm going to go to Miami because I want to win a championship. And I'm like, oh, wow. Because didn't he almost win one in that first stint with Cleveland?
0: Nah, they got uh, to the final, but it was yeah. against, like, the Spurs and they got swept. Yeah. So, and then they started making these moves to, like, placate him. And when Mm -hmm. teams when he wants placated, like it's always like old players and stuff. And it makes the team worse because he's he should not be involved in personnel decisions because he's not good at it. Mm
2: -hmm. See, on the Lakers right now, he's got Anthony Davis on there with him. And I like Anthony Davis. He was on the last UK Wildcats team to win the national championship. But yeah, ever since LeBron was like he went he specifically left. Uh, Cleveland to go to Miami with the intent on building a super team to beat the Spurs and win the championship. I was just like, you know, and and he made such a big deal out of it. He's like and, this big that I was kind of like, you know what? No, I'm and out. He plays, and he plays.
0: The other thing is, there's guys like I don't like Jordan as a person but I respect his game. LeBron plays like such a little bitch. He whines about everything. He does whine.
2: See, Jordan as a person, no, I don't. I don't care for Jordan as a person. However, I respect the hell out of Jordan as a player. And if you want to have a, a greatest of all time argument,
0: oh, like, it's not look, that. No, he, no,
2: he's not. LeBron I, does not Jordan. does not match up. I don't. To Jordan. I
3: wouldn't. I, in fairness to LeBron, especially, like I can't stand him. I. I guess this is an arguable point, but I would probably give him that he is. Probably the best player of this generation. I would give but, him that, but he's not Jordan. Okay, he's like, nowhere near Jordan. I, I think.
0: I, I remember, I remember like, watching the flu game where Jordan like had like a hundred and one fever and he dropped like fifty on someone. Yeah. He was passing from hit points the entire time. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think there's a there's a fair argument to make that that even someone like Kobe is better than LeBron like overall.
0: Um I think the problem there is LeBron's such an all purpose talent and Kobe would could Kobe had some issue. Kobe really gets a lot of his his um bad stuff glossed over, especially <clears> now <throat> since he died tragically. But I mean I don't like Kobe because Kobe's a rapist. Um yeah, a fair <laughs> point. And I'm not I I don't care. You can you can at me as much as you want. He's a fucking rapist. Um but i don't like him for that but like there's there's stuff he pulled that he kind of mellowed out on towards the end mm-hmm. but he gets a pass for a lot of shitty behavior
3: yeah the uh, the, the one thing i would i find interesting is apparently in the new space jam uh they did it like a, a it's only like a few seconds long but they had they did a, a clip where bugs bunny turns into big chungus <laughs> Which I think is kind of funny, but it's also like, oh, well, the meme is dead now because you yeah. you kind of like acknowledge it. It's both to me. It's both funny and it's also like, uh oh, you ruined it. It's
0: done. I, I also don't think um, the first Space Jam wasn't particularly good, so I don't know what people were thinking a new Space Jam would be. And I don't
3: I don't mind the first Space Jam, maybe, but it's also kind of casting back to like nostalgia because it came out like when i was like in well i'm kind of aging myself but it came out when i was like in high school so yeah same um i would have been a little older than it's like
0: you know bill murray though and and jordan
3: well jordan was such a huge part of my childhood that it was it was worth watching then just for jordan
0: and jordan there there's why i think why i what just this is just based on nothing and i could be wrong But Jordan played it with a certain amount of self-awareness of himself Mm -hmm. um, that had some humor to it. And I don't think LeBron's capable of that because he seems like he has no um, self-awareness whatsoever.
2: There's. You know, I'm not going to see the second one, so I'm not even going to bother trying to draw, draw comparisons. I mean, it's. If they're following the same formula about stealing the talent from the other major NBA stars at the time, then I guess my, my concern is like, look, there are some people who are playing in the NBA that I think they're great. But to me, and maybe, maybe this is nostalgia, but it does not seem like you've got the same dearth of talent as you did in Jordan's time.
0: Uh, I know I have said stuff you. like that before. It's different but. now cuz like there's the problem now is though is the media the media ignores all but a couple of teams like this year there's been no end of bitching that blue blood teams didn't make it to the final but like guys like Giannis are freaks.
2: Well, I okay, yeah, Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker, also former Wildcat. you know. I'm happy for them. I I but I don't know. It, it it, it does not – I guess I, you could say it does not draw on the same uh, pool of reference.
0: The problem uh, The problem is the NBA is very much a TMZ league now.
2: Yeah. It's as
0: much about player drama as it is the games, and um, the refing is just terrible, and, like, I have no patience for, like, their crap. And I think Adam Silver is a terrible commissioner. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, he, um, I guess we're going in the weeds here, but I, I feel like he actively sets up a, a system where small market teams have no hope and it's incur and encourages players to screw them over to, to, to congregate to big market teams to try and get more viewers. And that's why I don't like Adam Silver. That makes sense. And he looks like Nosferatu. So he might <laughs> suck my blood. <laughs> Oh, and he loves he loves he loves China, you know they'll they'll fucking lecture people here about everything under the sun. But hey, you know China, go uh, go uh, genocide some more Muslims. We're right behind you because we want that fucking money.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's which, only one of the many different human rights abuses that yeah, the the, Chinese pull.
0: And the thing is, I, the communist
3: I just, Chinese. I will. I guess we should we have to clarify there because it's like the communist Chinese government. We're not casting aspersions on all chinese people no like the chinese people get fucked over worse than anything like i've
0: that's part of my problem with it though it's like it's like lebron and his shit like you don't like your shoes are made in china and it's been notable that they abuse their workers or have in the recent past yeah it's just i I understand i understand if you want to make money you got to do business in china I don't begrudge companies that because I understand you got to play the game. You got to get all that money you can. It is the apologism and the trying to punish people for having opinions about it and just try and like mm-hmm. and even like going above and beyond like Disney just doing like pure like propaganda stuff for them. It's like you guys don't have to do that. That's it's not like the chinese
2: government I mean, lets them know what's going things. on like outside they, of their country anyway so
3: yeah disney like literally changed shit in the in the new star wars films because it's like not palatable to the chinese audience that you have an african-american character as a main character and especially in a, a kind of like a subplot where he has romantic interest in an asian woman like that's like fucked up that's all sorts of fucked up racism like we could, I mean, we could go on and on about that. We could probably talk to our buddy Tim <laughs> about that. Yeah. But it's like you, like Finn, should have been a major major character, and it's like he was kind of like a main character in the first movie.
0: Oh, I and then I, I would, that was my, cliff. I was so excited about him, and mm-hmm. then like the second movie happened I'm like oh you just wanted a black guy to put on all like the posters so you could have your diversity thing but you actually didn't want to do anything with him but you know great you got your Fine. Uh... yeah i think he said though didn't he say like disney treated him like super shitty and everything
2: well given how given how much john boyega was yeah going out um Going out and, 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 and speaking out on things that people at Disney usually don't, I don't think he cares if he works for Disney
0: again. I mean, if they treated him bad, why would you? Yeah, want to
3: he's, go back? right, right. Yeah, he's been very critical, and he has a reason to. Like he's yeah. he got screwed over hard. And, and,
0: and we gotta, we gotta, and, we, since we're since we're throwing everyone under the bus, we might as well throw <laughs> John Cena under that bus because I think he's still apologizing to China, even though his movie yeah, bombed.
3: That was a. Uh, that
2: was disappointing. I I kind of think that he probably the studio probably put a gun to his head on that one, but
0: uh, he went he went way overboard on yeah. on that, um which really is disappointing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't I understand like doing business and stuff and all that stuff. Like just there there's some like. I think LeBron in particular, like some of his like comments, especially on Daryl Morey were really odious. And I'm glad every time like something happens that he gets upset about people meme, like his words, like back at him Mm -hmm. about that. But like, I just, I don't like him. I haven't liked him for a long time and yeah, I don't like him. (coughs) So what, what, who, who are we on? We are talking about, I
2: just wrapped mine. Yeah. On bugs bunny.
0: Okay. So let's see. Um, why don't we So we're at one, right?
3: Is yours like a major character, uh, Brad? Yeah.
0: It's a Bro, it's
3: last a, picks.
0: Part of an ensemble cast. We've already talked about one. Hmm. So I'll just do mine. So I did Donatello as my preferred turtle.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Um best character in most of the video games. I liked his weapon the most. I thought he had <laughs> We kind of talked about, I thought the cartoon did a poor job with their personalities, like the original cartoon versus, like, the comics. Because they really kind of miss that, like, Raphael's, like, a total hothead.
2: Yeah. And Michelangelo's
0: more, mm. like, the naive, like, head-in-the-clouds person. And then Donatello's kind of, like, this nerd-inventor type that's always, like, into stuff. And Leonardo's kind of
2: he's trying to keep them all together.
0: Leonardo, I don't mean this I don't mean this in a bad way. Leonardo is like a good leader character, but he's kind of like cardboard because he's there like he's being a leader. So like hey, he's going to go do some nerd stuff with Donatello. He's there to get um Raphael to chill out and you know, he's kind of there to keep Michelangelo kind of centered grounded. in the you know, the the present. So yeah. I but I like Donatello like I think he um Especially in, like, the a- the IDW. And I know I said I tried to keep comic stuff out of there, but, like, he has, like, a side friend that he meets. Like, I just think, like, Donatello as a character has more avenues into the real world than the other three do. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, I don't... Going to the cartoon, I really don't like that they made April O'Neil a um news reporter. I like her better as, like, a Baxter Stockman, and like, intern that is involved
2: hmm okay uh I, for what it's worth uh, and i don't know if you ever saw it but did you see the the turtles movie that was just tmnt
0: no i haven't the last time i've watched with any regularity is when they did that early 2000s cartoon that was more um based on the comics
2: yeah the TMNT movie is it's not as um a phrase I'm looking for it's not as kid young kid oriented as the original show was and, and they also do a good job kind of highlighting the the differences in the characters too so
0: there's some other
3: it's things worth I don't, a watch
0: there's it's some things it. I don't I don't like that the original did like changing April's thing I don't like that they they race swapped baxter stockman in the original cartoon uh that really bugs me now after reading comics and seeing some of the follow-up stuff okay um but well, he's like he's a more serious character in the comics instead of being like the stereotypical nerd scientist that turns himself into a fly like he's a much more competent and dangerous person in the comics and the follow-up okay. series but um yeah I have I have some beefs with the original cartoon. The more I've delved into Turtles.
2: Gotcha. Oh, okay. Well, then I think we go to Matt's last choice, don't we?
3: Yep. Yep. At this one, I'm actually gonna do a tie. Um, which is I know that's kind of maybe that's uh breaking the rules, but I'm gonna choose these two characters because when I think about this show, I don't know that I can pick one of the two as like my favorite of the characters, but they're both like oddballs and scumbags in their own right. But I'm going to go to Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> my, <laughs> my tie is between Master Shake and Carl.
0: You know, I've just been watching. I I've just been. Love. Don't need no instructions to know how to
3: rock. <laughs> rock.
0: I just watched Carl. the first four seasons um, on HBO Max <laughs> hmm? recently. Mm
3: hmm. Master Shake, of course, is like just lazy, a degenerate, uh, just like absolute like garbage person.
0: Oh my god! Garbage. Garbage. Well, Dracula called and shake. said he's coming over tonight, and I said okay.
3: Yeah. That <laughs> one of my one of my favorite Shake episodes is like the Brood Witch where he eats the Brood Witch. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> what's uh, God? What is the line where it's like,
0: no bacon. No
3: bacon. Mm, like you. you call this a sandwich? There's no bacon on this. They're there are no swine. pigs. There are yeah. evil enough.
2: <laughs> so the um, when they, one of my favorite episodes was the the Egyptian T-shirt episode. He said <laughs> he got it got it from an ancient bank. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> he said uh, what to, was the one with
3: the mummy. That was a different one.
2: Yeah, that was the the mummy's curse was earlier on. <laughs> Meatwad. Take the shape of a... They're in the museum. Me one. take the shape of a hammer. Okay, I'm going to do it. And then he just turns around and grabs something else and smashes the glass and runs out with the t-shirt. And me One's still sitting there in the shape of a hammer when the security mm-hmm. dives on him. And he didn't realize what was going on. It's such a dumb joke, but I love it.
0: Oh, God bless. They're all kind of degenerates in their own way, though, because Frylock's just a closet degenerate. True.
2: And Meatwad's just naive. He's like a little kid. Mm-hmm. I, I kept showing you the action fight ball, Frylock, but you were not it. Why not you get it for
3: That's a pretty good Meatwad impression.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think it's the only one I've got left that's any good. Or
3: the,
0: um, the one where Carl uses the enlarging ray on his... On his dick, and like the crabs he <laughs> had got super huge, and they start running out. Mm. Why are you over here blowing holes in my pool, front man? I also like how the pool isn't taken care of past like the first season, so it's always some level of like moldy oh, and leaves mm-hmm. in it.
2: <clears throat> um. <laughs> one uh, another one that i loved from that whole thing (laughs) when glenn dancing bought carl's house Mm -hmm. and carl wanted it back Hell no, i ain't selling it back this place is awesome there's
3: blood coming down the walls and everything oh yeah dancing yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. that was a great episode they had they
0: they they (laughs) really had they really got like a bunch of weird music acts in there because they had andrew wk they had Danzig. Um, mm-hmm. Who was the other one that was in there? Oh, Geddy Lee was in there. No, it was Geddy Lee and remember the Hyper Formation Journey, which was their version of um, of um, the Happy Birthday song that Master Shake put a lot of money into and he talked Geddy Lee into it. And who was who was after him though for the money? Well, crap, I'm not gonna remember it now. Oh. I got nothing. Mhm. I don't know. Talk, I'll look it up real quick and see. Okay,
2: here here's a great here's a Master Shake thing that I I remember that I got the I got a great laugh out of. It's just a throwaway joke. But do you remember Master Shake's trying to set himself up as a superhero, the Drizzle? Yes. Yes. And he he's on the phone call at the beginning of the episode ordering his business cards, and know. I want black on black. No, I want darker black on black. It's like yeah, she'll be able to read it. The black is darker than the black that it's on. You know, it's such a dumb joke, but, but I love it. So and the much.
0: and the funny thing about that is <laughs> it's actually they're they're making <clears throat> kind of a joke on the the album from Spinal Tap. How much more black could it be?
2: None it's, more black. <laughs> God, it's just so me. That show is just staggering for being able to do just excellent excellent little throwaway jokes that are still yeah. so good. Like the you don't remember the plot line of the episode, but you remember the gag.
0: Well sometimes there's not even a plot.
2: Yeah. Oh well, and they all start with God, the lead in once you accept the fact that the lead in <laughs> has nothing to do with the rest of the episode Gentlemen, behold
3: I have <laughs> Dr. lost Weird. weight.
0: Oh, it was Zach Wilde. that was in um Spirit oh, Formation. Oh yeah, Zach Wilde was in it. Spirit Journey Formation Anniversary. That's right. Because I think most of their their um their their guest stars were voice were um crap were music acts.
2: Yeah, they had MC Chris on there. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, used to, he used to just want candy. But now, he's grown up. He needs candy.
0: And that it's has just a responsibility. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just so I think there's supposed to be a movie. Didn't they announce a movie recently?
3: I thought Rocket they already 18? made one. They already did one.
0: Well, I think they're making a sequel. Yeah, because. The movie, the movie, I mean, I think the movie's more famous for the Boston bomb scare than it is for.
3: Yeah. Of course, oh.
0: For. Because um, they, they had that they were doing that that guerrilla marketing and they had like a moon and night. Like that would shine into the night and they thought it was a bomb.
2: Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah,
0: that's probably what the show is most <laughs> famous for, sadly, is causing that.
2: That's that's a shame.
0: Yeah. So we wanna do it. Let's let's each do. Let's each throw off a couple of. We'll just go around the table and we'll each do. How about two honorable mentions together, and then we'll we'll
3: call uh-huh. it a night. Ah, uh, I only had. I already threw out one. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can't. Th- I'm t- I would probably God, have.
3: I have to think of a second one. I... <laughs> right. Yeah. Um... All right.
0: All right. I'll do. It. I've got an
2: honorable mention from. I liked him at the time. Now, look. Now assessing the character, I don't like the character near as much. But at the time, I was all about Wolverine from the X Men cartoon. Um, I just thought he was super cool. I was way behind Wolverine.
3: Uh, they, can I can I actually throw out a comment for that? Yeah, it, they it's it's like two hundred dollars. Not in my opinion, like cost of. Cost-effective or, or affordable, yeah. but one of the San Diego Comic Con toy exclusives they just announced—they actually are. They—it's the I guess we consider it a playset, but it's a figure of the famous like meme where it's like <laughs> Wolverine looking at the picture of Jean Grey. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're they put that out as a toy now,
1: and oh, it's like with
3: like a bed, like a toy bed, like a you can literally recreate <laughs> that scene. Oh please tell me that
2: you can slot different pictures into the picture frame. please
3: tell me that's um, what maybe you probably like cut your own down to size with but, but it's uh it's like two again it's like two hundred dollars. it's like that's a lot of money for that but if it was like fifty maybe I consider doing it but they've made that yeah. Okay. That's, I, that's, I like that
0: meme that's... I sent you guys earlier of Ben Grimm like on Yancey Street cussing them out for the picture they drew of him and it's <laughs> they photoshopped the, the movie thing <laughs> onto the poster. There's no. also one I can't find a picture of, but there's one there's an early issue where where um Thing is writing a, a letter to the Yancey Street gang and it's like okay. Dear Yancey Street gang Drop dead, sincerely the thing. <laughs> I we we have like we have to do at some point. We have to talk about the thing in depth because there's just so much like stuff to him that's hilarious.
2: It's just I, the best. I think he's the best Marvel character. Oh man,
0: he's up there. I'd say Peter Parker is is up there too.
2: I, I, I cannot tell you why, but for some reason, Peter Parker just never resonated with me. I don't have any idea why not. I, I
0: mean, think Foggy Nelson's think... up there for me, too, as far as supporting characters go.
2: Uh, yeah, he'd be a good supporting character.
1: Hmm. Let's
2: see. Okay, I'm going to use that as an opportunity to non sequitur for just a second, mm-hmm. because one of the things that makes me cringe now... With everything I've done in my life, it makes me cringe now is watching movie fight scenes. Like, they are either god-awful or they do what I call the, the – um, I, I called it the Ninja Gaiden effect after a Penny Arcade comic where they would, like, send one guy in after not So, like, you've got your, your protagonist and he fights with a guy. And the one guy runs in, he fights with that one guy, and he drops. And then the ne- thats when the next guy runs in. Like Bruce Lee movies were really good about it, because like in Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee is taking on like a crew of guys at a at a go. He he keeps relocating about halfway through the movie. He gets out in the cave underneath the fortress, and he keeps moving so that they can't all come at him at once. And then he can kind of he can take them out um, one after another. But even with them coming in in multiples, there's a scene with the the nunchucks. He's he's taking them out. He takes out like two, three at a a time. One of them, incidentally, was Jackie Chan. Um, But the Daredevil Netflix series has what I consider to be the best honest-to-God real-life fight scene that I have seen in, uh, we'll say, ten years the season 1 the hallway fight scene is probably i would can we got to give a little bit of credit for the stylistic part of it cuz you know there's a certain amount of stylistic you know, but for the most credible fight scene because you know he's dealing with multiple attackers he's you the, the he's using weapons right like he goes into the uh, the apartment and you see him like throw a microwave like the guy stumbles out of the apartment and he throws a microwave at him. Like he, he's using weapons. He's getting tired. He's getting worn down. But in taking on the multiple people, like guys don't get hit once or twice and then collapse and they're out of the fight. Like they get hit once or twice, and like oh, and then they come back in. Like it is just just for a second. I just want to say, even if you just look up that one scene on YouTube, it is excellent. Okay, I'm done. <laughs>
0: Can't
3: Let's help myself. Sorry.
0: Uh, I'm thinking now. I'm trying to avoid Marvel characters because I could really go. I could really go <clears throat> hog oh, wild I, on that.
2: I have an honorable mention, an honor, dishonorable mention.
0: Oh, I could give okay. you a ton of dishonorable mentions with all the well, like cute sidekick characters.
2: Well, it's a dishonorable mention because the what ended up happening with this character cracks me the hell up. And, and Brad's gonna know what I'm talking about but it, it's Nikolai Malthus from the Battletech cartoon who of Clan Jade Falcon who was such an idiot and it like the show wasn't Nikolai Malthus as a clanner was portrayed as such a moron. but what they did with the Battletech lore was they turned around and said that this cartoon series was a piece of propaganda <laughs> made by the Steiner. Uh, by the Lyran Commonwealth broadcast system
0: Oh yeah I remember that <laughs> That's actually That cartoon's actually what got me into Battletech But I'm pretty sure it's terrible <laughs> it, The cartoon's not good Because it's that very early When everyone thought like computer animation Was like the wave of the future So like yeah. the, the, the 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 mech fights were in 3D In the computer animation Which actually I think Would probably be true to how the mechs Were operating at the time
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Especially but they were
2: like, kind of in this weird vector, vector yeah. animation thing.
0: But like they were like, I think it did a good job of like showing kind of like the, the the weight of like the combat. Yeah. But the show was terrible, especially because it was contemporary to Exo Squad, which was just far better.
3: In a yeah. similar kind
0: of show, Exo Squad is excellent. I actually would, kind of be interested to rewatch it, and it makes me sad it was never finished. But mm. um. I think that was a far better show. Let's see. So, <coughs> mm, I don't know if I have any. I can't think of any honorable mentions. Like honestly,
3: I will. I'll throw out two. I just came up with just thinking about. And, and they're themed. Um, because there's lots, there's tons of characters that I could have chosen. Like mm-hmm. that I didn't. But I'll just do two that are kind of like themed. Um, I'll go with the. Epimonious Messenger Z. Oh yeah
0: because, yeah.
3: Uh, part of like the giant robot.
0: Are we talking? Accru- are we talking? When you there's a lot of Mazinger, so we, we're talking about the standard one that came here as the dub Trans Z, right?
3: Yes, okay. that one. Because I, I actually remember some of that from when I was a kid. It, I think it was. It must. It had to have been uh, like syndicated because it was. I have. Um, I don't even rem- I don't even think it aired in my area that that long. Maybe just like one season. And I th- I but I feel it came on maybe early in the afternoon, like when I got when I got home from school, I watched it and it I was would... like obsessed with it because it was like he fought different robots every.
0: Our Fox affiliate would randomly show it for like years after it was on TV. But um I actually there was a dude I'd have to I'd have to see if I could find it. There was a guy for a while, and it cost me some money. I think it cost mm-hmm. me like 150 bucks, but he somehow – this guy weaseled master tapes from, like, stations around the country. So he made a DVD set based off these master tapes. So I have the whole set of it on DVD in good wow. shape.
2: That's pretty impressive.
0: And it's like – they're off master tapes, so you get, like, those holes in the broadcast where the commercials would go. So there's black mm-hmm. spots but i got that i got those probably it's probably been about 14 years now and it cost me a lot i'll see if i can if his site's still there but um it's not a well-known cartoon i would Mm -hmm. say i had a toy of it at some point like a big vinyl toy like the little hovercraft came out
3: i didn't have that i feel like I feel like I either had a toy of it or someone I knew did, and but I don't feel it was. I don't feel like it was vinyl. I almost feel like it was like diecast metal.
0: Oh, okay. That's a um, that's an interesting show though. I because there's um, I mean they changed some things in the dub because they were like killing people, so they made them like robots and stuff. You know, yeah, your standard yeah. stuff.
3: Yeah. Um, and.
0: I also I think it was more on the nose in Japan but like um the Aphrodite robot like would fi- or like her tits were were <laughs> for missile launchers. Yeah. And I think that was a little more on the nose in Japan. I think like they made comment of it but I mean um and I loved uh it was it was it was absolutely worthless but the Bobo bot mm-hmm. that he just made from junk and I don't think it did anything. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's a good choice. Um,
3: yeah, I I actually would. I kind of want. I don't. I have to check. I I may have some of those on DVD, but I don't think so. I think I have most. The one I think I have the most of. I actually think I have like most of the old Gigantor. Yeah. Episodes. They,
0: they just did like a, they did like a retelling of it. it. It's 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 subtitled, but they did like a retelling of it like last decade or so. Hmm. So there's like a modern animation with like those characters.
3: Yeah I, I would love to get the, All the original episodes on, on DVD
0: I'll see if costly. I can find you the site If it's still out there
3: Okay um, and the other honorable mention I will throw out is Again I, just, I decided to just go with a the theme For these two it's Roger Smith who is the main character from The Cartoon Network or Adult Swim Anime theme show The Big O okay. Big O is a really Underrated show it It ran it ran in like the late late 90s early 2000s only like two uh, two seasons 26 episodes
0: i think it got another season though because in japan it wasn't super popular then they dubbed it and it was Mm -hmm. super popular here so i think they came back with more episodes like i think that's the first time something was popular enough in america that like have a japanese company make more of it no that's not true because voltron in the 80s has an America only season that never came out mm. in Japan hmm
3: mm. yeah there's only to my knowledge only two seasons of the Big O and it's it's been like twenty years but people are still kind of clamoring for it to to make a comeback and I would love to see that like it's Roger Smith is just like a really cool character it it he kind of has like a noir type uh feel to him
0: there was nothing and, on TV quite like it when it came
3: out no because even though you, uh, superficially, it looks like just uh, another, you know, giant mech type of show, anime show. It really isn't. It's really more complex than that, and it was a really, really interesting show. Um, I think with, I th- with a kind of ambiguous ending. So.
0: Because I think, um, I think when Cowboy Bebop came out, there was nothing like that on TV either.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's probably why it, it, that's in the years since it's kind of become. Uh, like a classic, cult classic.
0: That's a really good show. Like I, I tell people you got to give it a couple episodes, and like the movie's good, but that's that is an excellent anime.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I think I think that's about it for. Yep. For us. I
2: think that's <clears throat> going to uh, cap this off. That's the last of our comic book, or uh, the last of our cartoon characters. Yep. So. We would love to hear from everybody. Did we leave someone out or you agree with any of our choices? We look you know we've got our social medias we got Facebook Instagram, Twitter uh, hit us up on any of them. And so with all of our digressions piled in, this has been Chad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. you're in the fourth and we'll catch you next time.